Hey guys, just quick announcement before this episode happens. Uh, we have started moving all our Backbone Sunday Sessions episodes over to its own channel. So if you have an iPhone, have an Android, you're coming off the Apple Podcast or Stitcher or whatever it is, uh, do yourself a favor, type in Backbone Sunday Sessions into the search bar. This uh, this episode will come up on a different channel. This is where you should subscribe to because all future episodes will be coming on that channel only. I'm putting this as a disclaimer for anybody who has listened to our previous episodes and enjoys them. And especially it's mainly due to us not wanting it to be lumped in with a Premier League podcast because we feel like those two are such on opposite ends of the scale and we can finally, you know, go out and have these on separate platforms. So if anybody does enjoy the Backbone Sunday sessions and doesn't enjoy that, it's perfect for you. And do yourself a favor because every future episode, every Sunday, we will be putting up a show. So if you guys want to keep updated, if you guys enjoy what we're doing, please go over to the Backbone Sunday sessions channel on its own. I'll leave a link down to the in the uh, description of this so you can go straight to it. Uh, thank you guys. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Backbone Sunday Sessions. I am drinking a Furphy. Nathan is drinking a VB. VB. What a show we have on today, Nathan. This is it. This is what we've been building towards all year, even though we've only started doing this in about July. But that's okay. We're wearing tuxedos. We're drinking beer. Cricket's on. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's sensational, Nick. It's the most exciting time of the year for us. And it's award season, Nick Brown. And we have got a big show up and coming. What what else have we got? So we, we're going to. Oh, there's huge. so many awards there's we're so going to be giving out. Uh, not only the best songs, Nathan. I just yes. want, I just want to highlight that. Not just the best things. We're going to be talking about the worst things oh, because God. we need to understand. We need to recognize albums and songs that just did not make the cut this year. Missed and the then we, we also got other things. We got unpopular opinion. We'll be back, oh, Nathan. Geez. You're going to be continuing on last week when I I, kind of, I kind of put to you about challenge me what the classic album is, and you're going to give me a few, and I'm going to tell you they're all not classic albums. That's and you're true. a piece of shit. So yeah. that's that's oh, the whole. I'm a piece plan. of shit. That's true. Oh. Jeez, no, I'm so excited. My tuxedo, I'm getting sweaty right now. But we need to get into, first, I want to uh, kind of explain the process of yes. what we're doing, why we're doing it. So right now, we're going to be kind of going through a bunch of awards. We're going to list off a f- bunch of nominees. Uh, if you're a fan of any of this type of music, just do yourself a favor, listen to all of it. Like, listen yeah. to as much as you can. Because exactly. This is a kid This is a kid in a candy shop kind of scenario, where if you don't know much about the local scene or even just the heavy music scene in general, there's going to be so much here. And like... As, as I think everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be that hipster fuckwit who knows a band before they blow up. So then yeah. they can, And this, like, with these local Show songs of the year, local yeah. release of the year, this is the perfect opportunity. It is. Us. Mate, that's <sighs> spot on. But anyway, we got... So our process for picking the winners, Nathan. Yes. Uh, it was me, it was you, it was Mosh Pit Coordinator. We got into a huddle, we got into a meeting, and we narrowed down to our nominations, and then basically... We picked our favourites to our least favourites, yes. one to five, one to eight, depending how many nominees there were. Yes. And from there, we added up whoever had the best kind of sco- overall score at the end. That was the one who got the winner. And it was it was a really tough thing because like there was Very some, tough. a couple were incredibly close, Nathan. 
Hello. Very, very true, mate. What do we start with, Butt Knife? I, I don't know where to start. Well, we're going to start with the locals, Nick Brown. We're going to go the song of the year for the local bands. And that was like, we've reviewed probably 10 to 15 different kind of EP slash albums from the local guys. And there's been a couple of cracking songs, mate. So that this one was really, really tough. <sighs> this is, this is, this is the, oh, was this the hardest one? I don't probably know. Probably not the hardest one. Like the, the albums were very, very tough because yeah. there's been a lot of, a lot of really good releases locally and internationally. But, um, Song of the year. This song is. Oh, let's go through the nominees. Sorry. Before actually, before yeah. I want to give. Well, actually, I, I want a quick question beforehand. Yes. What would you rate higher, personally? Do you think it's better to have the song of the year or the album or, or slash release of the year? I think. Very very good questioning. I'd actually go the song because like uh, it's a lot more common for someone to listen to a cracking single rather than a cracking album. Like yeah. especially these days when people have the attention like spans of a goldfish. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. So like. If you release a cracking single, like you might be a one-hit wonder, it doesn't really matter as long as people are listening to that song, and like you're much more likely to get fans from a big single than a big album. If that makes sense. It, no, hundred percent. It's kind of one of those things. I feel like musicians would probably appreciate a body of work, a full album yeah, more. Yeah, but do. I think the casual yeah. fan is obviously going to be drawn towards that one song because, yes. as you said, I would. You said goldfish. I'd say brain dead goldfish. Like, oh you know, yeah. They're, they're probably have a three-second attention span, and then they're off to the next thing. But we're going to go through the nominees. I want to. We want, just want to touch on these songs really quickly yes. as we go through them our first song on the local song of the year nomination is alpha wolf with golden fake fate gut ache yes what do we uh, this is one of those things i think at the start of 2017 if somebody told me that alpha wolf of all bands would have one of the <laughs> biggest nominee. the biggest hooks of this year yeah, very true re- regardless of category this is one of the biggest hooks of the year i would say you're an absolute nut job and this is just this is i, I can't believe the year that they've had yeah considering that massive, i for it? some reason think they're a good band now uh, you do last year i thought they were the big the most trash band ever so it's, it shows that bands can do this can get better and this is why i trash bands so they can get better nathan it's at, true but I don't see Void Division coming back, Nick. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to put that oh, out there. They're, they're so far beyond. Yeah. Uh, Deadlights with Preconceptions is the yes. next one. Uh, Deadlights are like... I love these guys. You I, do. I, I, I'm a massive fan. Me too, Neil. Uh, Life Pilot with Defy. A Kraken mass- song. We played that, didn't we? We have played that song yes. before uh, up until a certain point. You really should check that out if you're a bit more of the noise kind of metal or mm. noise core kind of thing going on. Uh, maybe the vocals might put some people off. I don't know. Like, you know, it's a very it's a very touchy thing with the light pile of vocals. Almost yes. like a while she sleeps kind of feel to it in certain parts. Thornhill with Limbo. Mm. Nathan are massive fans of Thornhill. It's very crazy because they've, they've toured and they've uh, supported a bunch of really big bands. And, they you know, have. They're, they're supporting Parkway again on their horizons. Uh, do- they've done Within Hearts Wait. They've done North Lane. They've probably done how many? I don't know. Like, you know, I don't really yeah, pay too much attention to so but we'll, well, we'll just chuck that on. Yeah, I think, that. And I think they supported Metallica last one that came out. Wow. So I, that's give or take. That might not be right. Uh, Bare Bones with Dead Man talk, Walking. Sorry. Oh, oh, stroke. Dead Man Walking. They're not talking, Nathan. Uh, this is more This is more of the kind of, I call it the redneck metal. I love it. I love this <laughs> kind of hillbilly. This is hillbilly Australian metal. I it didn't is. know there were hillbillies in Australia. Uh, really great song if you guys are up for it. And Easy Life with Light Me Up. We've actually gone for one more nomination than what we usually should be, but there's been so many goddamn good local songs this year. It's hard to kind of narrow yes, it down. Yes, yes. Uh, what do you think of Light Me Up, Button Nathan? Oh, well, I think Easy Life, uh, that was my surprise kind of local band of the year. I didn't really expect a lot. We saw their song on Facebook pop up, I'm Fading Away. And from there, I downloaded their little EP, four-song EP, and they've come from nowhere, Nick. So they're, they're one of those bands that you're looking at next year in 2018 to actually start playing a few more gigs. Because like talking about the previous bands that were nominated in the category, like they've done a lot of touring this year. That makes yeah, sense. They so have, like they've, yeah. they've like put themselves out there a lot further than easy life but they're, they're they're coming so like 
excited. Yeah. But the winner, Nathan. Go the on. Winner out of all those ones. This is the tough call. Tough call. Very, very close. Uh, it was. I think it was only about two points. Uh, runners up was Alpha Wolf with Golden Fate Gut yes. by the end of it. And but the winner of the local song of the year. This is preconceptions. This is live of uh, deadlines. That's alright. Off the album, Mesma. That, of course, is Deadlights with Preconceptions taking out the local song of the year. It's a pretty complete track, I feel like. It's a huge track from a like an up-and-coming band. Like I'll tell you what, Nick. I haven't really touched on it, but they have a massive Dayshell vibe. I was going to uh, say with the vo- it, vocals. Vocally, it's just so yes. like Dayshell. And so, I love it. I love the yeah, vibe that they cr- give. Well, that's what I mean. We've been looking since we saw like Dayshell. We've been looking for bands that have had that kind of vibe. So like Shaley, obviously, X of Mice and Men. 
and um fronting that band but these guys like they have that vibe they have the music like the, the music in this song like there's like the, the double kick moments where like it's not over the top that makes sense yeah. the, the moments are just perfect that they they drum that the guitar works beautiful bass work beautiful and the vocals as you say nick like you said a couple of weeks ago at invasion fest how good the vocals are with this band yeah and like in that song it really shows them off it's uh it's one of those songs i love because it does keep me guessing in that sense it doesn't like it doesn't fit the absolute standard formula the bands do do and do do don't say that up <laughs> but it's, it's nice and short as well so we can play it but nathan yes i've been going out of my way this week i i've been you scraping done? i've been scraping to get an interview with a certain band and luckily luckily my first uh band that i tried to get an interview with decided to say yes for some reason why would they want to talk to me is beyond my beyond my reason another interview uh, Mate, that's what they call me. There's, there's the work and former you. The interview king. This is why I'm, this is why I'm failing uni. <laughs> but Nathan, I'm, we, we got to talk to. I sat down with Dylan and Tynan from Deadlight just for a couple of minutes, about three minutes or so. I'm going to play it for you now, Nathan. This, this is coming from the local song of the year winners. And we are joined by Dylan and Tynan from Deadlight. You guys are just off Invasion Fest. You must be pleased by the reception you guys get from Melbourne every time you come down. Yeah, Melbourne's second home to us, man. Every time, it's sick. Yeah, does it, like is it always like that? Is it because invasion? You no, know, it's kind of like it's almost like the uh, the sound wave of the local scene or what used to be sound wave. Hopefully, invasion doesn't end up going down that route. But uh, it's is it always as good as it was as invasion? No, nah, I remember our first couple of times were pretty average, but like that's the fun of it. We've been going there for so long. Every time it gets better significantly. So yeah, it keeps building up. Yeah. But invasion was definitely probably one of our uh, best gigs. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys have, um, obviously you guys have taken out the historic award known as the local song of the year on the Backbone Sunday sessions with preconceptions. Uh, what was kind of the process in writing this song? Is, um, is there some, is there a way you guys go about it or? Oh, preconceptions. I can't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started with just the chorus. Um, and I know Dylan came up with the verse. I know. Yeah. It was like, um, oh man, Freak said, we, see, we wrote Mesmer in 2013. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I remember getting some chops and changes um, when we were doing drum recording. That's about it. And adding like that uh, clean guitar and singing at the end. Yeah, that but was, yeah, like that was a while ago, man. Yeah, that is actually, that's so long ago. It makes it crazy. I was saying during my uh, last week on my Invasion Fest review, it's kind of handy when you have three of the best vocalists of the whole day in the one band. Is uh, Josh your drummer? Does he have some secret vocal chops or like, is that something we're hiding out for the new album or? He's oh, more yeah. of a rapper. No. <laughs> so features can be on the cards. We don't know yet. No, no, he can sing. That's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah. Maybe one day. I love it. Uh, is it true? Like, real? Uh, is it true? The reason you guys started a band is because there is absolutely nothing to do in Brisbane, or is that uh, is that a false rumor? <laughs> That's hilarious, but <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> I was always uh, when I listened to the song the first time. I remember listening to it probably uh, I don't know, probably just after the album dropped actually, and uh, I got a real Deftones vibe to it myself. Me being a massive Deftones fan, am I somewhere on the right track here, or am I just way off? And I just want every band to sound like Deftones. Well, we do like Deftones. It's definitely not like a major influence, but like I think we made those songs before we really even got into them. Like we, we yeah, we've been told, oh, you guys sound like De Deftones. You should listen to them. Definitely like them, um, but no, not so much an influence, I guess. 
Are you guys excited? You got uh, you know, 2018 is coming around. You guys have had such a big 2017. You guys have been, you know, you're signed. You got released an album. You guys have one of the best album covers, which I always, I always go on about album artwork. It's one of the best <laughs> going around this year as well. Like it's been pretty cool for you guys. Are you ready for 2018? Big things coming. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna keep working with the same artist, James Hornsby, as well for all the next next things. So I'm glad you like it. Love um, it. And um, yeah, just gonna release another album and hopefully tour just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, first first recipients of the local song of the year. I know it's the most prestigious award you can probably get. Better, I, I think it's bigger than an aria personally, but you know, that's I guess that's just me maybe being a bit biased. But thank you guys for coming on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick, you've gone and you've done massive things there. Well done to you. I just wanted to point out a couple little things. Um, It only went for three minutes, obviously, because I didn't. We didn't want to take up too much time because we've got such a jam-packed show here today. Uh, We want to do a bigger one, and hopefully, the future. We'll see what happens down the line. But uh, the fact that they said that they wrote that album in 2013—that's scary, isn't it? Well, that to me, that just tells me how like how well this music has aged. Because like you know how like we're talking about classic albums last year and like uh, last week, sorry, and it's kind of one of those things where so many albums just kind of they fade away in terms mm. of how their music ages and for this to be still I still love this in 2017 even though yeah. it just got released this year it doesn't sound dated it sounds fresh it sounds new relevant yeah very relevant and the other thing is I really like the fact that when they said that they uh, when they first started coming down to Melbourne yep. and they uh, when they first started it wasn't that good it shows a persistence shows a commitment yep. in the band because I could yep. imagine how disheartening it would be for a band to come down and like you know play in front of and we didn't talk about how many people we can just imagine not many yeah. and you know it'd be pretty hard to kind of find a reason to come back down. So it shows some real persistence in them. And it's also great because I, um, you know, Mosh Pit Cornet was telling me, you know, you should put the mad scientist as, uh, in the nominations instead of preconceptions. And I was like, why? And he's like, Oh, cause that's a single. And that's the thing I realized I didn't, I never checked YouTube to even check what their singles were. Yeah. I just, che- I downloaded them on, uh, on, on my iPod, on my iPod and uh, iPhone, sorry, iPod, who has an iPod these days? <laughs> and, uh, and I just kind of started listening. And I, that's how I picked my favorite tracks. And I think that's a cool way of going about it, especially when you don't know the band as much. Yep. So it's, I'm really excited to see what these guys can do in 2018. Signed to Grayscale Records, which is really cool. Um, Another album dropping, Nick. Yeah, no, hopefully, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, is that for news? Oh, wait, is that breaking news? I, I reckon that's breaking news. <laughs> we- Nick Brown, the the newsbreaker. <laughs> Just um, adding something else to his, uh, <laughs> to his bow here, oh, but well done to that. Don't, I'm excited for don't, it. Don't pump my tyres up anymore. Uh, They're really about to explode. Another string to your bow there, mate. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, our Deadlights Preconceptions, please, everybody, like, you know, if you like the song, like, like them on Facebook, give them, like. give them you yep. know, a Spotify, Apple yep. Music, you know, give them a download, you know, because it all Check it all helps out. out, like, in the end of it. Uh, we will move on, but Nathan, local release of the year. Uh, we haven't called this local album for the sheer fact that, you know, some of them are EPs, some yep. of them are, like, you know, we don't want to kind of... Uh, with when the ma- with the main bands with the non-locals, we want to kind of st- stick to albums. But yes. here we can kind of you know have a bit of leeway to go about it. Uh, we'll go through the nominations, but we'll start with a burden with uh, my old friend. This is uh this is an album that I would consider. I used to like you know this sounds like a bit of a knock to the band, but I call it crycore. You know they're kind of like one of those emotional hardcore bands that yep. they're really good at what they do. But uh, again, they're another band with a, a couple of really good vocalists in what they do. Um, really cool band. They played Invasion Fest. Invasion they Fest, they yep. opened up for Invasion Fest, so they hopefully have some big things coming they've got a really nice following early as well which is really good uh then we have of course statues with no grave no burial we've reviewed this one on the show and uh yeah we were, we were massive fans this is more of the kind of 
frenetic kind of uh, kind of hardcore kind of stuff going. Yeah. You know, some every time I die, I converge. Uh, Dillinger kind of vibes Beartooth. to it. Veartooth, yeah, like some really nice vibes coming from that. Cursed Earth with the cycles of grief. We've just kind of gone for Volume One and Two, Nathan. Yeah, they have did, to. They yeah. did release both as a as a uh, vinyl after they released the second one, which is you could argue was a cash grab. But you know, well, I'm not here to argue that, Nathan. <laughs> it is, it well, is, in, in length, when you actually combine them, that's proper like a proper album. Yeah, length, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, and that's why we kind of combine them as one. Bellhaven, Nathan, with You, Me, and Everything in Between. Um, Moshby Coordinator is probably, I think that's his favourite album of the year. He's, there a you massive, go. he's a massive Bellhaven guy himself, especially when I got through his uh, his uh, kind of ranking. Uh, yep. he, he was he put uh, Bellhaven at number zero. Though I didn't know. <laughs> instead of number one, he went he went one, lo- he went one lower. That's how much he loves that album. Jeez. So, yeah, that's that's one way going about it. And Justice for the Damn dragged through the yeah. dirt. He's one of your favourites. Yeah, this was. I was a really big fan Like coming in. After we played that gig with him, I wasn't the biggest fan. But yeah. after hearing this release, by them that that was a very big one for me oh can this is this is a tough one yes uh, a lot of great albums here uh releases here everybody should check out all these releases realistically um they don't a lot of them don't go for very long as well so, which is fantastic yeah. you know if you're if you're just a casual mu- music listener just give a couple of these tracks from each band a, a listen of course but the winner Nathan, the local release of the year goes to this is collapse this is from Statues. No grave, no burial. The local release of the year.
That was Collapse by Statues. The winner at the local release, of course, is No Grave, No Burial. Uh, look, this is this is quality front to back, Nathan. This was this was this might be the easiest one we chose. I, I was I about to say that because um actually when you you look at it. You had this probably in your top five releases in general for yeah. the whole year. So, like, yeah. being in the local category, this was, like, for us, was probably the standout. And like you say, it was definitely the one for us. That's, but That's nothing against any other no, exactly. uh, nomination. They were all fantastic releases. But we this is quality. We, we didn't put any, like, and this is a great thing that we, there are 11 local nominations where it was song of the year or release. There were no duplicates. There were, like, there was no. 11 different. And we felt like there was there were kind of, it was well represented in the fact that, you know, if a band's uh, album was better than its best song, then we would put it on that one. We tried because yes. we want to showcase as much as we can. Exactly. And Get as was, much music out there as we can. And there was no uh, there was no release here that I thought was so good that it had easily the best song and easily the best release. Uh, and in terms of like, I'll give you an example. Last year, Nathan, imagine us doing this last year yep. and doing the award show. Every time I die, I would get every single fucking award. It would get album of the year. It would get song of the year with map change. Oh, don't and it would, it would, change. it would get the, I don't know. Is there any other award that I just give every award to? Yeah. I give them, I give them local release as well. Just cause I just fucking love every time Did I die. Did Polaris release their EP last year at the start of the year? Was it the year before? I think it was the year before. Okay, well, that, I think that, it was the year that before. Cause that yeah. might, that might get something if it yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and so there was no, there there was no low teens this yeah. year. No, like, that wasn't a standout classic. You're right. Oh, it was such a good song. Uh, you know, that's Statues again. Please do check them out. Give them a like on Facebook. Do what mm. you have to do to get noticed. Song of the Year, Nathan. Oh, this yes. is the non-locals. These are these are the... I'm not, I don't want to say the big boys, but these are the big bands, like the bigger, bigger ones. Bands, yeah. uh, this is kind of going across not just Australia, and we've got so many good nominations. Nathan, do you want to take us through what we've got, and uh, we can kind of talk about these songs as we go through? I will, Nick. We'll Actually, we'll start with Northlane on Aussie Shores here. We've got Colorwave nominated for Song of the Year. Big, big song there. <sighs> also, they got Citizen nominated for a Top 100 Triple J yes. song. So they're pushing those two. Um, Polaris with Consume. That was the tough one for us because they've probably got three songs there that we thought were equally as good as each other. But Consume being the first one they released, it's consistent and um, it's a really, really big song. Architects with Doomsday releasing a, a solo single there yes. out of nowhere. I remember that dropping. Nick showed me the... Um, I think five minutes before one of our shows, and I was like, holy shit, this, yeah. this, this is a really big song. And Architects, very, very good band, and that's a huge song. Check it out, Doomsday. While She Sleeps, You Are We. Mm. Also, title track to their album, which was a, a massive release this year. Um, It's a really, really big song. Really, really enjoyable. Trophy Eyes, lo another local band. We got Heard in there because that's going to be... Featured very heavily, I think, in Triple J Sodus One Hundred. But um, what would you what would your prediction be? If, if, do you I, I think high? it'll be. I think if they can get into the top fifty along with North Lane, I, I reckon that's massive for yeah, th this huge. kind of scene. So like, I know last year Violent Soho were I think thirteenth with like Soda. So like, if they if Trophy Eyes are getting into the top twenty. With her, like, that, that'd be a dream. But like, I, I think anything in the top fifty, you'd be happy. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I'd be aiming for that. Um. Also, one of my favorite songs of the year, Mastodon. Show yourself. This is a huge album, Nick. The um, the actual drummer sings this song. I've showed you it. It's, yeah, big song. They, they played it on night shows in America. Like they've done really, really well with that. Um, also, Neck Deep with Don't Wait. That's clearly, in my opinion, the best song on their album, and that's been put up for. Album of the year I've seen on a lot of lists on the internet with a lot of fans around, and also the Fever three 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 with Jason Butler's new outfit with "Walking in My Shoes." This one was a bit of the wild card Ooh. selection, I think, for us because Big we were songs. we we were looking through and it was it almost kind of we kept kind of skipping over it and not so we just kind of didn't think it would be in that kind of category and mm. then as we were narrowing it narrowing it down we're kind of like well we think this song's better than this one this one this one we narrowed this down for about 25 songs yeah, like it was very least. difficult like to do this uh we've we do have eight nominations here nathan 
Uh, this is just this is like front to back. This is just absolutely stacked to me. Like it, it was to me this year's been a much better. Uh, it's been a much better year for songs as opposed yes, to singles, albums. Yep. I feel like the uh, the songs have been so top notch that the albums just couldn't keep up. But yes, Nathan, as we always do, as we will play the song of the year and we'll, we'll leave the anticipation for people to realize what the fuck it is. That's the best part of the show, Nathan. Exciting, isn't it? <sighs> I'm excited, Nathan. I don't know if I don't even know if you know. I'm just gonna pick a random song now. Nathan oh, Cousins, the song of the year, 2017. It's Architects. It's Doomsday. Say the good die I know you can say what 
Architects with Doomsday takes out the song of the year, Nathan. This was a really tough call, but it was. I don't think any of us can be too disappointed with this pick. Where do you rate that amongst your Architects like collection? Because I, I, I reckon for me, that song is probably my favourite Architects song now. It's one of those things, I feel like this is a band right now who are at the absolute top of their game. Yeah. I, I really do. And I think that they're the best thing about having a band like this, and I always, I'm such a fan usually of bands who have vocalists who can do both singing and screaming. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's something really special cool to me. You know, yeah. uh, Keith Buckley does it. Jason Butler does it. You know, these guys, I'm really and massive. Jeremy. Even Jeremy does it. Yeah. Even Jeremy does it. Yeah, Great exactly. Rue Reynolds from Antichicago. Kari does it. Uh, yep. oh, I could go. I could go on there. Yeah, could. I, I don't have enough time today. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where I feel like this is the perfect kind of. This is the perfect song to release at this time. You know, the, you can't like you know how we say about how bands jump from like one extreme to the next, yep. and they. But I feel like this is the absolute natural progression of an absolutely fantastic band. I don't know. Maybe we should do this one day where we rate uh, the best vocalists in the scene because it would be a really tough thing to do. I feel like Sam Carter has to be in the top five at least. Yeah, well, he did get in my mega band of the year as my vocalist. Exactly, so yeah. I'm pretty sure he was my vocalist. Yeah. yeah. So and it's just like how it's so hard to narrow it down. But Sam Carter's just somebody who special. Consistently brings it out, and I'm live too, Nick. Live as well. Some of the high notes that he hits, it's just yeah. it's scary. It's really scary. Like I, I'm very excited um, that these guys obviously probably should be releasing a new album in 2018, which we will get into our kind of our. Uh, I guess what predictions we're looking forward and stuff. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, what our most anticipated releases are of 2018, probably next week or the week yep. after, who knows? And it's going to be really exciting. But this, to me, is just it was just a complete song, complete song, front to back. Yeah, it was it was very very tough, but it was the obvious choice for us. Album of the year, Nathan. This is where it gets mm. tough again because <laughs> I want to. Um, I don't want to. It's hard not to. It's hard not to say things without sounding like an arsehole, sounding like a bit of a negative Nancy here, Nathan. Yes. But I feel like I always, when I was going through this, I was going through every kind of album, I, I kind of said to myself, I went, this album of the year is going to be a flawed album. There's no perfect album this mm. year. There's mm. no album that was head and shoulders above, above the, rest, the rest, to yep. me at least. Yep. And that because of that, it kind of made for an interesting kind of race because we flip flopped a few times on this, like because it was a draw between three. Yeah, there was it was when we when me you and Moshpit Coordinator made our list. It was a draw between three albums, and we're not going to tell you what albums they were, but we had to kind of debate our, our way into what we kind of thought was the best one, and it was really tough. Nave, can you give me the albums that are up I for will. nomination here? So we got Northlane with Mesma, really really big release at the start of the year. Northlane had a really good year. Um, We've got Polaris also in there with the Mortal Coil. So that's a, another big album by our boys. Um, we got While She Sleeps, You Are We. Another early release. So that stood the test of time this year. We're still listening to that. Counterparts, You're Not You Anymore. Very good album. Trivium, The Sin in the Centers, returning back to their roots kind of thing with them. They had a really good release there. Manson came out and shocked us with Heaven Upside Down. Just a massive, massive album full of really, really good songs. Enter Shikari, The Spark was my first full price buy of the year. So that yes. had to make it into the thing. And also we had Code Orange with Forever, which is actually up for a, a Grammy Award over in America. Incredible, so, yeah. Uh, they've had a massive year as well. So you got eight really, really good albums there, but there's probably another five to ten that was stiff not to make that eight, but like... That eight's quality, and it, it was a really tough choice. It was. It was something that, you know, when we're narrowing it, narrowing it down, it was kind of like it's hard not to kind of have personal biases for this. And, you know, and we do, but we, 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 had, we had to put that aside. Yeah, it's kind of – so we kind of – we went track by track. We kind of – we had to go through so many different processes, like, you know, how many good tracks do we think? How many dud tracks are there? How many songs – like, yep. well, how much quality? What is the highest quality? Uh, you know, best vocals? What the guitar tones, production value? Album cover. I always just try and chuck the album cover. He does. The hell of he it. does. And – after all that, Nathan, and it was a really tough choice. This came down to a very, very close battle between two albums in the end. 
the album of the year. This is non-local. This is every band up there for 2017. It's Polaris, The Mortal Coil. This is Frailty. That was Frailty coming off the Mortal Coil, the album of the year 2017. It was one of those things where I feel like we kept on trying to avoid putting this as the album of the year because we kind of just put them up from local to non-local uh, band. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of what we kind of felt like we're almost being a bit too biased. And then when it all kind of came down to it, when we put track by track, we kind of went, "This is this is actually." 
it actually does pip it. It actually does well, that, pip every other band. It shows that they're hanging with the big boys. Exactly. Well, I actually feel with this album, Nick, like anyone will just say, oh, you guys, you, you love Polaris. Like no matter what they did, you were going to make the album of the year. But I actually oh, challenge you. Like I'm telling you, you, you'll you look back in five years time at this release and be like, wow, like this, this is going to be, I think it's a future big, big album. Like not maybe a classic, but it's going to be close to a classic in five years. Like I think being a, a debut album by a, an Aussie hardcore metalcore band this is as good as it gets and i think we've actually hit the money on the head and well the two for two now after that like you know guilt and the grief was one is one of the best eps not i'm not gonna say ever but like it's one of the best eps i've ever heard yes you know front to back again this is just something that you know for a band to do this a lot of bands struggle and we'll talk about this in later when we, we go on to our worst releases and that that they struggle to they can put an EP together. And there is a real difference between putting together five, six tracks and to putting 12, together yeah. yeah, 10 to 12. And yes, a lot of bands struggle to do that. And this band has just kind of gone from strength to strength. They do the necessary change-ups throughout this album. Yep. It, it really is. It's just a complete album. I just The only thing that I would change is if they restructured the, the song list. Yeah, a little bit. Because I, they, I think they're a bit too front-heavy. They're a bit too first-half heavy. But that's okay. I don't mind that. Like, you know, it, it, if that's the worst complaint I could have, Nathan, <laughs> I'm really, I'm grasping at straws, aren't I? We're still waiting for them to make a mistake. They haven't done it in like two and a half years now. Like they, they, they just keep going from strength to strength. So that easily... Or not easily, but that was definitely the album of the year for me. Even even picking their singles, like you know, a lot of bands really are like uh, even Northland. I think they picked like Solar as one of their singles, and I'm not yeah, really. Just like, eh. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's like you know, it's it's a decent track, but you know, there's better tracks on that on Mesma to pick. Yep. So I, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like they've picked, they've just kind of put every foot correctly at the they moment. Have. They are signed the Resist Records. Maybe it's what they're doing over there. Like they've got a lot of bands signed. Nathan, I want to move on. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna put this band up. We're kind of picking a band of the year here. We yes. Want, we want to pick a band that's kind of from January to December has kind of encapsulated what we want and has consistently been doing things, consistently been putting themselves into, into the fray. Maybe they've released something, maybe they haven't, Nathan, but there's one standout band to me and to you yes. that we think that you know probably deserves this recognition. The band of the year 2017 goes to North Lane. Uh, I want to just list off a few things that they've done this year, Nathan, if that's okay. First of all, they've rele- they released their new album, yes. Mesmer. Fantastic album, fantastic album cover as well, Nathan, which makes me love them even more. Out of the blue, completely out of the blue. There was no real promotion to this as well. They did a regional tour. They did a national tour. They up for, they're they up for an aria. They did a un- they started the year off with a Unify headlining set. They were the best mm. act at Unify. I, I, I know they were, of, easily. I know a lot of people might say Lex is on fire. I think just quality in terms of their stage production. Everything they were like shit up at Northland Pipton. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think so, at least. They played download main stage set. In, in Europe, they played. They had the song. I literally just got the song "Colorway" written down because "Colorway" is just such an amazing fucking song. I just got that song written down. They headlined UK Tech Fest, which is a huge festival over there. They played Resurrection Fest and the main stage over there. They did a European tour. They did a Canadian tour. They did a South American tour. They played in Israel. They played in East Asia. They got the best vocalist probably of the, of the year, arguably. Very hard to argue yep. on that. And overall, I just can't put anything past them. They're, they're no. just front to back. I don't. I don't know. Have you got anything to add to that? No, I don't really. I, I just hope they get Citizen in the top 20 of the Triple J. Honest 100 of that and Colourway. They're, they're the two they're pushing for that. So if we can get those two in the top 100, we're done really well this year, Northland. But as you say, they've done everything that you could possibly ask for a band like of that stature. And they're still growing. That's the best part. Like their next album's going to be massive again, I hope. It's going to be hopefully a little bit more 
like we get a bit more of a preview. Like they might release a few songs before they just drop the album out of nowhere. But what do you I, what do you think I, of that? Do you, are you a fan of bands just dropping albums out of nowhere? Do you I, like your promotion? I I think the promotion side's better, but yep. I, I don't think you want to overdo the promotion. Like a, a couple of bands this year have released singles that I think were trash. Yeah, and it's put me off listening to the actual album itself. So like when you do a review on it, it's like it's kind of spoiled already for me, regardless of how good the songs are going to be on the album. So if they come out and release one or two, like if they come out with another song like Rot, and they say, well, this is off the new album releasing next month, I'm going to be amped for it. You yep. know what I mean? Rather than like Avenged Sevenfold dropped the stage last year out of nowhere, and that kind of flopped, like sales-wise. Like a really, really good album by Avenged, but like that didn't really go anywhere. And like yep. Northlands, the, the, it's credit to them, the songs on this album were good enough for them to still sell a lot and obviously get, get nominated and win a, an ARIA award. So yeah, they're, they're a very good band and they deserve this. It's really, it's a really, they have had like, I, you know, we'll kind of, at the start, we kind of wanted to put Polaris at it, but you know, they kind of, they've, they had a fantastic, they had a fantastic second half of the year. Yes. I feel like their first half wasn't quite there. And, the overall. Yeah, yeah. Again, like putting a full 12 months together of just consistently surprising us and consistently, you know, they played a fucking show in Israel. I don't know how you. Yeah, that's, that's huge. What the, what's the booking agency you go through to get a show in Israel? It's Imagine beyond, it's beyond me. Anyway. Scary. Nathan, we've, we've done the best. We've done the best songs. Oh no. Uh, now we've, we've obviously got some other good awards to give out a bit later on, which are a bit quicker than usual. Yes. But we're going to go on to the worst releases. Oh, great. I'm excited. <laughs> this is my fun stuff. This is where I, this is. My cup of tea. Uh, we're going to start with the re- releases here. Oh, <sighs> here are the nominations. <clears throat> oh, I'm so excited. Void of Vision, Disturbia. First of all, if you're going to call something uh, that has already has a movie and a song by Rihanna, you're going to have to you're going to have to live up to a certain quality. Both movie and the song by Rihanna are fantastic. So let's uh, let's leave it. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, no. Spawn again. Oh, oh fucking Christ! The, oh, the sil- whoever anyone who doesn't know that's the Silverchair cover album by by various artists. Oh dear! Falling in Reverse, coming home. This one, this one was really disappointing to us. Shouldn't have come home. <laughs> in Hearts Wake with Ark. Stay on your now, boat, I, boys. I feel like we pick on them a little bit, but this is. I think this is the most forgettable album that they have. Like, you know, it's one of those ones where we, we rate music on a curve and like, you know, certain bands, certain bands that we actually like put out a, an average release. We're going to call them out on it. And we're going to probably think it's worse than maybe what it is. And that's what leads me to my last one. This, oh no. This last one, Nathan, you know what it is. This oh, is, I know what this is. This is a statement pick. Oh, this is a statement pick. I'm, I'm sick of people telling me this is a decent album. Oh God. The last nomination for the worst release of the year is Ocean Grove Raps oh, Tapes. Oh boy. Nathan, thoughts on that one? Just, I just want to get your thoughts on that last oh, one. I, I don't know if you're trolling. Or I don't know. Not, I need, I need people to understand. Now, oh, I, I've, said, I've said this before. I've said this before. When certain bands get to a certain stage, they're they're not Ocean Grover at this weird kind of stage right now, where they're not big enough to get criticism. And if anybody does give them criticism, they're going to say like, "Oh, you know, you just don't like bands who change." I love bands who change. I love bands who get better. I love, but that's what that's what progression is all about. Exactly. You want, you want bands to get better, but this is just. This to me is just so messy. It's so all over, all over the place. They call it odd world music, and I feel like that's their that's their counter argument to anything. It's like it's too oh, odd, though, isn't it, Nick? Well, in parts, is well, that what you're saying? No, I'm not even saying. Like, it's just it sounds like a really kind of like it's a bullshit argument to retaliate to. It's like okay, it's a really messy. Oh, but it's odd world music. That's what that's why it's messy. It's like, no, it's not. It doesn't make it. That doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care. You can call whatever the fuck you want. You just call it shit music because oh, that's what it's, shit world music. Wow, that's no, not that bad. But like, it's, it's just I feel like this is more of a disappointing album. 
something that is flat out bad one, but I need to. Re- I think we need to recognize that when good bands, because I really love yep. Ocean Grove, when really good bands put out average albums, I'm going to call them out on it, regardless yep. if I like them or not. Yeah, well, I will say this. I, I know we had huge expectations on this album coming in. I remember calling Nick the Knight. I went to their show with Amity, unfortunately, at Chelsea Heights, so a local <laughs> kick didn't, left, the, left the Amity set. They only had two of their... They had Aaron and Joel singing, and, like, the, the drum wasn't there. There was no guitarist. Like, it was crap. The, bloody one of our mates was doing the sound for it, and it was just so obvious that it was fucking backing trucks. Oh, wow. So I was, I was absolutely fuming, so I had a chat to the Ocean Grove boys, and um, got the album, bought the, the Ocean Grove bloody stubby holder, and... Great, our, great bro- stubby holder, well, Both of our expectations after Light Song Kind of Lover, like that, that song, like we were so pumped thinking that the album was going to be like that. And I made the argument on the show that they were going to be like them versus Polaris. I argued for Ocean Grove. But like as the years progressed, like, they've, they've, done, they've gone over to Europe. They've done their stuff over there. They've done the stuff overseas. And like they kind of made a point, like do they keep going down this odd route of style that they've created now with this album or do they go back to where they actually probably got a lot of fans and gained a lot of recognition with their heavier kind of sound? So, like, that yeah. EP, the Black Label EP, was a fantastic release. And I know you you probably would have said that that was the local release of the year that year. That yeah. versus Polaris? I think that was the same year, wasn't it? If it was the same year, Polaris, well, Polaris would win. But, like, I, that was I'm, a close second. I'm more of an outsider's guy myself because I lived through that time. Yes. Before anybody goes, oh, you just like them because they're old school. I like Black Label. Black Label's got some really great tracks. Blood, but it's heavy, Blood, Blood you know? is still my favourite track. Yeah, by, that's unreal. Actually, second favourite. Lights on Kind of Lover is oh, my that's, favourite. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, but you have those a, two tracks, mate, you know? That, I think that's why I don't like it as much because Lights on Kind of Lover should have been on this album. Should have. I know yeah. why they released the reason why if people don't know the reason why they released it earlier is because they wanted to promote them distributing it overseas so when they so yes. they re-released the black uh, black label EP overseas and they changed the cover to like green instead of pink I think it was and then they added that song to it it's an amazing song I still think it's oh, their yeah. best song easily front to back it's just a really great song throughout song. and you know when you listen to that you're kind of thinking okay this new album's going to be really yeah, similar cool. to that we'll how cool it, is this yeah. going to be yeah and it just like and you know again we should say this Every time we say something about a bad release, music is subjective. We understand that. Yeah, you know, if you like this album, there's no problem with that. Yep. It just to me, I was really disappointed. I, I I don't listen to any of these songs anymore, and that's the worst problem. Like you know, this album's been out for nine months, maybe about nine. Yeah, months. Well, I think it was very. I think it was February. Feb. Okay, so ten months or so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I think after about April I stopped listening to it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to a song in about six months, and I think that's the best way of putting it. Like, yeah, it's just a bit of a forgettable album to me, and I'm not going to give them a pass just because they're a localish band. I'm going to treat them harsher that, because that's, that's because fair. I love yeah. these guys, and I, I, I yeah, I, I'm a big fan of them. So, and I've got their I've got their ocean. We've named this fucking show about over. <laughs> we've named this show. We called the Backbone Sunday Session, not because of anything else, because of that fucking song. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. By Ocean Grove, so. we picked it for that reason. Ex- exactly. So, I, I, I that's just my reasoning. Uh, that's not going to win that's not going to win the worst oh, I can't year. it's nowhere near as bad as what we're going to I was going to say we're going to play a song we, never, we would never play a song oh we can't <laughs> we're no, not we... going to play, play the worst song of the why year why not that In Hearts Week song Nick Brown pardon why, oh. not, why not that um... don't, don't you dare don't you dare don't you dare Nathan the worst release yeah, they might not know there's two it could yeah, go I both know. ways with that I know yeah. we're, we're narrowed it down haven't we the worst release of the year 2017 is Spawn Again the Silverchair cover album I, I, at the start, when we were kind of putting this together, we kind of felt like this would be a bit of a cop-out pick because we're not really picking a band. We're picking kind of a various artist thing. But Nathan, I like 
Don't look, hold I, back. Don't I, hold back. I look back at my childhood fondly, Nathan. I I remember listening to certain bands and I really got a, a real kick out of it. I remember mm. seeing Silverchair play Freak mm. and Big Day Out and I see 30,000 people just bouncing in unison. Going nuts. And it's just like one of the craziest live performances you'll ever see. And anybody should look at that on YouTube. It's just something you want to look at what live music with Silverchair was like. Look at that. Like it's something unbelievable. What a riff. And for them, for all these bands, not just one of them, a bunch of them, just to kind of shit on my childhood oh. the way they've done this <laughs> to completely go against my I, they've just they've offended me I, I feel they've like, offended you I look li, Nathan the, go on the best riff of all time is Freak oh. by Silverchair maybe not of all time but it's one of the heaviest riffs I've ever listened to and I know people might put out any of their breakdowns I've said this before but you need to take a riff for a riff Walk by a Pantera Sad by True by Metallica in terms of these slow riffs that are just fucking heavy as fuck this is one of the heaviest heaviest ever and In Heart's Wake have found a way just to completely, oh, no. just completely vomit on my childhood. Oh! <laughs> to completely just go against every. I just, I, I'm not even going to get into the Amity Afflictions cover because that's, that's one of the worst covers of all time. Oh. How Void of Vision got Israel's son is beyond me. Oh, and then they that's, mi- that's ruined it for me. And then they oh. missed out. They didn't even they, they didn't put the money riff in, didn't they? They oh, they missed out on Nick, it. They, do not talk to me. That that intro bass tone is perhaps my favorite part of any Australian song released in. Ever. Bam, bam, bam. They fuck. I don't even know what they did. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on before I cry. It's just one of those. I, I Again, I know it might seem like a cop out, but this was so blatantly worse than everything else. And like, I'll give you, I'll give credit to um, a, a band here. Void of Vision Disturbia. There was, there was some really, I, I, we really don't like that EP, <laughs> but there was nothing offensively bad here. There was yeah. nothing that I just completely like was just like an abomination of music. And this is why there's no Void of Vision track actually in the uh, the song of the year because at one stage we had any Void of Vision track, but there was no song that was actually offensively bad to us to make us think this is, could be in the top five worst songs mm. of the year. <sighs> I can't believe that, Nathan. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to move on, but the worst song of the year. If you guys, if anybody's been listening to our past few weeks, oh, this no. might be an easy, this might be an obvious pick, but for those who don't know, we're gonna to have to go through the nominations. <laughs> this is this is what a list. Okay, you know, uh, I, I got to say quickly on the the bad album thing. Yes, Ocean Grove did have one of my favorite songs of the year. What is it? It's Mr. Centipede. It's funny. I don't see. That's the thing. I don't even remember that song. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. But like, I, I will give him credit for that. But also, moving on to the worst song. Well, actually, like with that album, like I don't mind the Running Touch song. I don't okay. mind. I don't mind that song. I, every now and then, I think it's shit. But every, most times, when I listen to it, I think it's pretty cool. I yep. think Beers is a good song, but I think when you're considering it with every other good track that's been released, it's so far back. Like you know, yeah. you're putting out all these, you're, li- you're listing all these songs, and you're like, that's better, that's better, that's better. And then like their best song for me, at least personally, would be at like number 40, 50 of the year. And like, yep. it's nowhere. Like it's nowhere. Yeah, it's not in the market. Yeah, not in the like, mix, yeah. Um, like you know, Ocean Grove. Like if they released Nice on Kind of Lover, that'd be in the top. That'd be top in the song. That'd be in the song. That would be song of the year. You're right. It'd be one of them at least to be it'd be in the nomination and it just kind of sums it up they got, a, they got a release in here as well Nick in the, the next do. list that's they, what they do. I really I really I really kind of started off I have a bit of pleasure here of taking care of this the worst songs of the year nominations The Brave with, e, with Ethereal e, with Ethereal Ethereal I don't know what the fuck it's called I don't care in Heart's Wake with Freak. I, I can't I can't let them I can't let them destroy my childhood without giving them a nomination here <sighs> Paramore. Now this is an interesting Paramore. One. Now, what are they? Oh, is this their crappy single that they released? Hard Times by Paramore. Hard, 
It sounds like a fucking Wiggles song. This this song, I... They look like the Wiggles. The thing is, I think everybody who's kind of listened to heavier music has always kind of... They've always had a period in their lives, as long as they're of a certain age, but they really like Paramore. Hey, and I still do. Misery, Business and Decode. They, they, oh, they fantastic albums. Those two albums. Those, like, uh, was it Riot? Was it Riot? Was it Riot? Right, right, right. The Riot one, and uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, don't, I don't really know yeah, the albums, but and, those two songs, And man. then since... I think they've released now three albums, and they probably have one good song out of all three of them, which was um, Still Into You, which is just... Which is just a standard pop rock track at the end of the day. Yes. But it, it's just, it was so poor. Again, it's, it's marked on a scale and it's marked on what they've done in the past. And these guys just aren't up to it anymore. I'm sorry that they're, they're appealing to the, they've kind of, I don't want to say sold out because it's such a, uh, such an overused term that I hate, I hate people who use the word term sold out, but they have kind of, they've, they've gone so far off the market that they were, that it's just kind of, it just frustrates me as a, as a music lover and as a fan of them that used to be. Yep. <sighs> Ocean Grove. Oh, Intimate Alien. Oh, that's going to cause controversy. I don't care. I, I, I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know what this sounds like to me, Nathan? This sounds Go like, on. This sounds like Korn and um, D'Artwood had a baby. Like, you listen to, like, kind of the uh, the weird vocals and kind of, like, the heavily affected vocals. It sounds like a D'Artwood track or even an old school Biscuit track. It's just... Oh, no. This, this song, to me, encompasses what... Uh, Rhapsody Tapes is about. It's just all over the shop. This song is so kind of... It's, yeah, it's uh, messy as fuck. Like, yeah. And to, the fact that they released this as a single, and you, you said before that these boys like fires got us excited. I didn't like these boys like fires either. Oh, that was... that's that's I, I really like that song. Yeah, I, I wasn't... Mr. Ma- Centipede in that. But I feel like Intimate Alien was just kind of like this... Yeah, I think I, that was the second song that they released. I wasn't I, a fan it, of that. And yeah. it was just kind of like... They, it's it was almost, too weird. Mm, it's just strange. It was just an odd track that just... And again, don't, don't you dare tell me, oh, it's just old world music. You don't just... You just don't get it. Like I understand good music, and it just wasn't that for me, unfortunately. And the last song is uh, "Ocean Sleeper," worthless. Forward slash, no purpose. Um, Nathan, film clip, film clip for that. No purpose for it, but Nathan, if you want to, like, if anybody hasn't listened to my rant on this song. <laughs> Go back a few so, uh, episodes I, and listen. I think, it, I think the episode's called Why Do People Accept Mediocrity Music? Yes. And I think that's the, the that's the standard line here. And I think that's the same with the Ocean Grove song. Why do we accept mediocrity? Like, yeah. why, do we, why do we take these songs and we just kind of... We want it to succeed so bad that we'll just pretend that anything's a good track. Yep. And you can... Good bands can release bad music. Can yeah. we can we understand? Can we just accept that? Like good bands can release bad music, yep. but if they release a bad song, don't pretend it's good. That's because, so true. Because that's when they start continuing on that path. Because they're like, you know what? Everybody loves this song. Fuck that. Like tell them it's shit. Because then they might they have a bit better chance of going back to their like whatever they were good at. Yep. Or at least just like making making slight adjustments. I'm not saying you have to stay at the same sound all the time. I think it's a great argument, Nick, because you can actually argue that point for movies in general as well. Because 100%, you got yeah. Like I, I recently saw the Star Wars movie, the brand new one. Which people like you got nerd like not you got like diehard Star Wars fans and you're argue s- you're gonna say nerds yeah then, you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so- I take that back but like you got people that are gonna argue for it no matter what and it's the same with the DC movies like I'm a DC kid like I love Batman and shit but like those movies haven't been that good like you can't yeah. argue and it's like you might be like we're diehard Rise Against fans from back in the day but their last two releases have been shitty and yeah. we're not like gonna say that they're good so like. Very subjective. Music is very subjective, but just because like a song by one of your favorite bands comes out doesn't mean it's any good. So like yeah. we're gonna say that no matter what. So like you either like it or you don't. So yeah. that's the way it is. Hundred percent. And the worst song we've, na- we've named off the nominations here. Five nominations. Um, first song was two thousand seventeen. There's no surprises here. Oh jeez. I feel bad. I feel bad giving the worst song to a local band. 
The worst song of the year, 2017, goes to Ocean Sleeper. <sighs> Worthless. Forward slash, Nathan. I'm always going to say forward slash from now on. No purpose. Uh, ask me if we're going to play the song. I was going to ask, are we going to play the song? Shut the fuck up. Oh! We're not going to play the song. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to play the song. Um, yeah, I, I, and the thing is, I'll, I'll, I will kind of preface this with, I don't hate this band. I don't. I've, no. s- I've seen them live. They were decent. They, they yeah. do a cool Danny Brown cover. I'm a fan of Danny Brown. Like, you know, at least they, at least I know they, they could be decent people. Again. Could- Gift Slam boys. Are they? Are they yeah, yeah. boys. There you go. Uh, apparently, actually, funny, funny story, and it's kind of a bit of a plug for Ocean Sleeper, going off the worst. So they're going to be, apparently they're going to be announcing a tour for the uh, the US, so they're going to be jumping on a tour this Wednesday, I think it is. Wow. Yeah, they, they did a Facebook post recently, and I tried to win one of their fucking shirts, Nathan. You would have seen that they, they said, like, sad react if you want to win this shirt. I sad reacted because I wanted to win it. Sad reaction? Oh, God. Are you serious? Yeah, so, like, yeah. Do they're, a, pre- they're preaching to sad sad emojis. Don't, don't, Nate, don't get me started don't on that. But I, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to with this just to just to fucking set it on fire on the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Imagine that, like when we get the um we are, we're actually gonna get a Facebook page going for yes. this show. So actually talking about that, we could have had Nick burning one of their shirts on as our what first video on the shirt. Oh, have they announced a winner? I don't know. Maybe uh, hopefully oh, you you might be there, Nick. It's probably a fake competition. There's probably a fake <laughs> competition that they do because like, a lot of people do that. Anyway, uh yeah, this song this song to me is just basic bitch metalcore. Um lyrically it's awful. Like yeah. again, I I said this in when my rant but Choruses. if this is the best lyrics that you can come up with in uh in a song that kind of talks about, you know, feeling down and everything like that. Find a new profession, get a ghostwriter, get oh. somebody else, like get out of this business. You don't right. deserve you don't deserve to be in it. Simple. Wow. Uh, they have written decent tracks before. They have, Lyrically yes. they're not awful every track, but this just seems like to me and I've said this again, but like it seems like they're just trying to cater to this Amity Affliction audience. Yes, in terms they're trying of the, to be Amity. They're yes. trying to... Uh, this is a market, and I know people don't like hearing this, but the whole Amity Affliction kind of uh, market here is kind of depressed teenagers or teenagers who are going through a bit of a shit. Yep. And unfortunately, these guys are just trying to kind of... Go, kind of Appeal to that market. Yeah, they're piggybacking yeah. off that. And yep. I feel like they, if they did that five years ago, it probably wouldn't have been too bad. But mm. like, I feel like they're a bit late on this kind of movement. But yeah, who knows? Like, All the best to them because they're, they're a band who apparently they have like 5,000 likes and they're going to apparently go on tour in America. We'll, 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 check, back, we'll check back on yeah, that. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, research next, that. Next week. But uh, yeah, this Wednesday, they're going to be really, uh, announcing something. Uh, you can listen to that track. This is subjective, of course. Um I, I can understand why people like this track, Nate. That's that's yeah. another thing. Like this isn't something it that, does appeal to a certain like a yeah. genre of people. It's not yeah. offensively bad. Like it's not like uh, I, I felt offensively bad, bad, but it's just one of those basic tracks that <laughs> maybe it is offensively bad. But yeah, it's one of those tracks that I don't, I just don't like personally. And it's just something that I, I've heard so many times. The same track, same breakdowns, same kind of effects that they're chucking in there. Chorus, auto tune, everything like that. It's just. It's got everything I hate in music in sure one in one track. It's like a compilation of everything I hate. So, you know, this, this was a no-brainer. Um, we will move on, but Nathan. Yes. We do have uh, some other rewards to give out. Uh, I want to. We want to start off, Nathan, with the. Uh, hang on. What do, we, what do uh, we start? I've got it here. We've got the um the best feature of the year. So, like, for a guest artist on any kind of song. So we've actually there's a few there's a few real good standouts. Like we had um. Brian Garris on a Straight From The Past song. We had Sam Carter on a Neck Deep song. And we also had, which is going to be our winner. Nick's going to play it now. I think the silence speaks for you.
Of course, that is Oldie Sykes on the song Silence Speaks. No surprises there, man. Originally by While She Sleeps. Um, fantastic song. Yep. To me, I remember, I don't think you heard this song. You want to kind of avoid this track for a while. I think I, from memory. Uh, well, I told you pre-release of that album, they released too many songs. They released about five songs and yep. I didn't want to spoil the album. So yes. obviously Hurricane came out early. I think UOE, Civil Isolation. Then you had Silence Speaks. And I, I just, I said, no, I'm not going to listen. And I didn't, and you're like, this is the greatest song of all time. They're the, they're the, they're the yeah. words that Nick Brown gave to me. It's the greatest song of all time. Yep, I say that a lot. And I, and I told him, I said, you're an absolute idiot. You're a peanut. I don't know what you're talking about. So after listening to this song all year, Nick Brown, it actually was my number one song on my top 100 on Spotify. So really? During That's the, huge. During the week, like, yeah, anyone who's got Spotify, they'll have a playlist made for them with their top 100 songs, which I think is really, really cool. And I've actually... Yeah. Like for our show, when we you said about the the top songs of the year, like I, I went through that, and this song won it. So like while she sleeps, so they had U R We up for the song of the year. They had the album, like they had the album U R We as well, nominated for album of the year. And now, like this is what what they've won, and the best feature Ollie Sykes in this song. It's not a big, huge, like part that he's got, but it's enough there to be like, yeah, that's really cool. I love the fact that when you know the problem is with features, and I I don't like this, and I will go on about features in in, in a different sense later on okay. in, in our unpopular opinion, but. There is something about when uh, they get, you know, they choose a vocalist to get on and sometimes they choose vocalists that sound very similar and it's very strange to me. And then when you get somebody like Ollie who completely changes the song and gives this massive moment and also while she sleeps don't cater to him. And what I mean, what I mean by that is like a lot of bands who come out and you'll hear this a lot where say, um, Say a band gets like, say Rue Reynolds from Enter Shikari. And yep. during Rue Reynolds' part, they'll like adjust it to kind of sound like an Enter Shikari song mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know why. It's very strange to me because that's not what audiences want. Audiences want Rue Reynolds on whatever, you know, whoever that band is, is track. And that's the whole thing. And it's a very, it's very strange. And like, this is to me is the perfect feature. Like, yeah, it's not was. short, sharp, to the point. Uh, it's so, it's such a catchy fucking moment in the it song. Is. It's probably one of the catchiest moments all year. Like, I, mm. I just, I can't help but scream at this at the top of my lungs in my car. I had to get my, my fucking windows tinted so, wow. no, so everybody doesn't look at me like I'm a fucking retard oh, while I'm singing along to this song. It's just a beautiful track, front to back. And this feature just caps it off. It, like, it's, it's a really great feature. But uh, we will move on. But Nathan, Nathan, you've got a personal award that you wanted to give out. This is kind of yes. this kind of goes out to uh, what I would consider to be like not necessarily a, a breakout band, but a band that was already established that and we didn't that, really know about. Yeah, that we've kind of come to know and that you've really taken a part of here and you're really taking a liking to. Uh, what do we call in this award? I know actually I have no fucking idea what we're going to call. Well, this. I'm pretty sure you've called it the New Kids on the Block, which I like. So. <laughs> I love the New Kids on the Block. Uh, that's a classic there. But um, yeah, we'll roll with that. But um. I remember you texted me about these guys one of our first shows to do a feature because yeah. like uh, I didn't know who they were and they were coming out and they were playing a tour in Australia and I'm like okay, checked it out and the band is Wage War so they're they're winning my um New Kids on the Block award for the for 2017 so like really really good band Nick and like they they got a few cracking songs on that 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 release I think it was called Deadweight the album and um, yeah it was yeah. Just really, really cool band. Like they remind me of Ghost Inside and Day to Remember, and they're two of our favorite bands in the scene. So like, yeah. if you're doing that, you're doing pretty well. So they're a band to keep an eye out for, and they they really they did they they surprised me. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing their next release. See what they do. See they progress. See where they go. See if they come over to Australia and play another. Maybe a Unify, maybe a, a bloody an Invasion Fest as a headliner one year. Maybe Ooh, a, a, yeah. a download. You never know. Like they they got a they got a really good profile behind them now, and yeah. Well done to them. 
Yeah, it's, they're one of those bands that kind of they do what they do well. They're not. They're not necessarily. I call it. Uh, we said this during the review of their of their album. They're yep. not changing the game by any means. They're not like they're not they're reinventing the do. wheel. Yeah. They just kind of. But not every band has to. And like we kind of we sometimes get caught up, especially me. I get caught up with that a lot. Where I kind of I feel like every band has to be changing something and all that. Sometimes you just go for a band that's just good at what the fucking do. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And this is a band who are good at what they do. I'm hap- I'm happy to give this award to them. Well, Witness, mate, that's one of my favorite songs of the year. Yeah, hundred so percent. Yeah, check that song out if you want to listen to a new band. Nathan, we'll move, we'll move on, but I want to go to the throwback artist album of the year. This yes. one, this one goes. Uh, this one's kind of more of a an old school act who yep. released an album this year. Uh, this is a pretty easy one for those Stand who kind up. of been taking notice of who our uh, album of the year award in generals was. This goes out to Marilyn Manson, Heaven Upside Down. Yes. Uh, Fanny, like I love. We're, I'm a massive Marilyn Manson fan. So are you. And this is one of those albums we're very skeptical every time he comes out with a record because he is hit and miss in, t- in certain points. Yes. And you know, he's one of those guys who can have a couple of real standouts. And I feel like the Pale Emperor was one of those ones had about Deep six. three or four standouts and then the rest was kind of eh like you know give or take I yeah. feel like this is one of his better albums at least 15 years oh for sure well actually funny that you said the Pale Emperor because like if that album was released this year like talking about our um the way we picked our awards, like Deep Six would have been in the song of the year yeah, and this definitely. wouldn't and this wouldn't have been like it wouldn't have been in the album of the year but this album we've both said it the standout tracks aren't there they're all consistently good throughout the album so yes. as a whole package it's hard to go past the album itself. And this was easily, like, out of all the bands, there's plenty of throwback bands that release albums, but this is a standout by absolute, like, a street. I, I think so as well. Festival of the Year, this was a pretty easy one. Uh, there weren't really too many festivals yeah. here to go for. Like, you know, we could have gone for a Splendor, a Groove in the Moon, but, like, yeah, we kind of have to keep in with the genre. We can add Coachella next year. We could add Coachella because we will be both going to that. But, obviously, the Festival of the Year does go to Unify 2017. Yep. A pretty, unfortunately, if it wasn't for the, uh, the actual uh, weather then I think it would have been, you know, like one of the best unifiers yet. But it was just kind of like the weather, unfortunately. It did kind of hurt a lot of the... Uh, thank God for that top. Yeah, a lot of thank God for that fucking top, even though it was being blown away every fucking three <laughs> minutes anyway. <laughs> Worth it. But... You know, Unifier 2018 is coming around pretty soon. We will be giving our tips and tricks for that if anybody hasn't been to a Unifier. Yes. And it's a really it's a really good... Look. It will be a cool episode to do because I'm really excited for that. The Unified gets that award, of course. Rock Song of the Year. Yes. This was a no-brainer for us. There's only one standout track here, for, for us at least. Uh, this goes to Royal Blood Knife. And Lights yeah. Out, this is this is a fucking... This is a big track. This is their best song. You reckon this, this is their best song? It's up for the Triple J Hottest 100. Would not surprise me at all if it's a top tenner. Uh, that's how good this song is. Like, You look at rock songs, you look over the years, the last 10, 15 years, you've got the Foo Fighters dominating that area of the, the market. But... um. Like they released Run this year, but this song, Lights Out, absolutely blows Run out of the fucking water. So, like, for a rock song, we both grew up listening to rock, so, like, that was our probably introduction to music. But um, this song, check it out if you don't know it. I'm pretty sure if you haven't really heard it, you... You listen to it and be like, oh, I, actually, I probably have heard that. It's one of those yeah. songs. Like, oh, where have I heard this before? Exactly. Yeah, 100%. This is uh, Royal Blighter kind of, uh, are the next kind of band who are uh, a lot of radio stations are picking up here. And like Rock is, you know, for those saying Rock are dying, you know, these are the kind of the new guys who are kind of keeping it alive for at least a time being. Yeah, another band, 68, actually released an album at the yes. end of the year. They're, they're actually a really, really good rock band as well. So... But yeah, definitely that was the song of the year, rock song. We'll move on to uh, the live performance of the Ooh, year, Nathan. This one, exciting. this one, a certain band, uh, whoever was the best live band we saw. We saw a lot of bands this we year, did. Nathan. Um, yeah, I can't give. Unfortunately, I can't give it to Kanye West. He didn't come out to tour this <laughs> year. How, how stupid am I not seeing him in Las Vegas? Oh, did you have a chance? I fucking I messaged you about it. I'm like, Nick, should I go see Kanye West? And what did I say? He said no. 
So, I did. No, I bet you I said yes. I did. No like, way. Oh, you're like, oh, if you want to go see him, man. You, you weren't like, oh, go see him, you dickhead. <laughs> uh, uh, I was expecting that. <laughs> it's like, what are well, you doing, I you know, idiot? I didn't know your affiliation with him. I, any any opportunity. Mate, all of the lights you. is one of my favorite songs now of all time. Nah, it's a beautiful song. It is. It's fucking. Phenomenal. But anyway, Nathan, uh, the live performance of the year, this one's yes. a gig we both went to, which is perfect. It, yeah, makes, it, it make, makes it a pretty easy get. Uh, this is Every Time I Die. This is uh, 170 Russell. This is the night. I'm going to say this is the sec- uh, two nights before Unify. Yep. Uh, I went to three, all three of their shows, You know, their, their <sighs> 170, their Arrow show, and their Unify show. This was their best. The crowd was spastic. Absolutely. Ooh. There was something unbelievable. Like, yeah, I remember just when they started, and I think they started with glitches from memory. And they start, and then after glitches, they play Werewolf. And I remember just looking at you, and you were just like, it was just, an, we were just in awe of yeah. like how goddamn good this band are. <laughs> and, we're, and they're a song and a half in, and we're thinking, this, this, oh, is, a, well, wow. this, this is a great show of all time. Like, that's what we were thinking. Like, <laughs> song and a half in, we're thinking this. That was unbelievable. Then they played Map Change, we're just like, <sighs> Oh, which God. is the best? Which is the best? Every time I die song, probably yes. it's one. Uh, it's one of the best songs of all time. A couple of others fair. though. Nick. A couple of like, was there any more like bands and like live shows that you saw this year? Like one for me was Polaris with Cross Faith and While She Sleeps. Yeah, big one. That was huge that night. That was a really good night. But um, also saw Architects down at Arrow on Swanston. Hot as yep. fuck, but really worth it. But like for you, like any others? Like- I was gonna say Architects in, uh, in Toronto. <laughs> oh yeah, I you saw- got to see that. Yeah, um, when I went when I was in Canada, I got to see Architects with Stray and make them suffer. Funnily That's enough, which funny is- enough you say that. Yeah, yeah. It's Mine pre- doesn't count. Mine was in November. <laughs> I was already yeah, yeah, the-, the Wonder Years over in Seattle. That oh, was sick. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I could rock, knock, knock off some Coachella ones, but they don't fit our bill. So that's I, right. they're, they're probably the main ones. Like, for some reason, you know, when that gig happened, when that 170, it was just kind of like, who's getting second place? It was just kind of like, you know, yeah. we, we knew who was going to Yeah, that was the, the night. And that was the best night of the year. You know, for those who don't listen to Every Time I Die, just do yourself a favor. I feel like if you're, you're probably too young to listen to them, you'll get to an age where you'd start going, this, why haven't I always thought these guys are the best ever? Because we, we were at that, at that stage. Yeah. You know, at 16, 17, if you showed us Every Time I Die, we'd probably be like, meh, like, you know, I did. I went through that. Yeah, I remember their first couple of like their first album. I remember listening to that in high school. Yeah, because one of like my friends is a drummer, like good drummer now. Nick plays for bloody um band. What's that? Stone Sky. Yep, yep. So drummer for them now. But um, he goes, dude, you got to listen to this band every time I die. I'm like, oh, okay. And he, he was always before the game. He, he was in the Dillinger and all that stuff. Yeah, before yeah. We were and like, I'm like, dude, like he's not that good. Then I remember we um we did our EP and um recorded that and the actual guy recording it producing it said that we sound a bit like every time I die and I remember going back that night <laughs> and I was like wow so I listened to them that night and didn't really take that much of an like an interest but then a couple of years later you like just bob well, maybe even like 12 months later you bobbed up and you're like dude these guys are seriously yeah, well, I remember the first time I saw yeah. every time I die was uh, Big Day Out 2013 yes okay I, well, I remember that and uh, they they're a bit late to the party actually because they tour a lot and uh, I, I went and saw them, and they were fucking phenomenal. And like yep. that was that was a day, big day. You know, Two thousand thirteen was probably not the worst festival I've been to, but it was kind of one of those forgettable ones that you yeah. kind of not too many highlights to it. Well, I've, I've, that's against uh, two thousand fourteen was shitloads of highlights. That's a fantastic. Night. Yeah, well, there you go. But uh, and the last one was yeah, the last one was yeah. better than the second last one to me. And uh, they were fantastic then. And then you know, from Pass Unknown came out the next year, and that was just like that was my album. That was to me that was the best album of the year. Uh, that yep. was by far. And uh, that was coming off Sepaternal and Black is Beautiful on 2013. I'm pretty sure Parts Unknown was 2014. Yep. And then, you know, it was just kind of like waiting for that next release. And, you know, Low Teens was that complete album to me. And for them to tour off that was just... And this early... They, they toured quite early on into their touring cycle. They didn't have 
to wait a year and a half. It shows how much they love fucking yeah, Australia. They, oh, they, they come do. here at every opportunity. Well, I think next time we'll jump on, like they always say that where they're going to go for beers, it's normally Cherry Bar. Yeah, well, they said so. Cherry Bar after the corner show I went to, okay. which was on the from parts on no tour. So yeah, like pretty sure they posted this year again saying they went there. So that'd be the the next thing for us to do: go have a beer with Keith Buckley. Just try <laughs> imagine to, that. Try and shove a cap, try and shove a microphone in his face. But talk. Try, <laughs> try and wrestle with him. Imagine that. <laughs> well, who's, who's the guitarist? What's yeah, his name? I What's, forgot his name. Fuck. The guy with the tattoos, the, yeah. the wrestling fan. Oh, God, Imagine that. He's a beautiful man. But yeah, every oh. time I die, I do take out the live performance of the year. Uh, no contest, really. <laughs> and uh, the last uh, award before we move on, Nathan. Yes. Uh, it's my personal award, the album artwork of the yes, year. Yes, you're big on this. This is uh, like I always, every album I always ask, how is the album, how is the artwork if I don't know it? Yep. And there were a lot of good artworks this year. There was. Uh, Mesmer by Deadlights. Uh, which is the real Mesmer. Looks looks sensational, that one. Mesmer yep. by Northlane. <laughs> the fake one. I don't know. Actually, I didn't ask them. Next time I interview them, I'm going to ask when they're going to start uh, pursuing legal action against Northlane for ripping <laughs> off their <laughs> uh, I thought You Are We is a beautiful... Uh, While She Sleeps yeah, album had a beautiful artwork. But to me, and like this kind of goes against... This is an album that I liked. It's not the best album of the year. Nowhere yep. near was in our nominations. Uh, Make Them Suffer, Worlds Apart. It looks like a video... Like I'm a video game guy Like sometimes, and this kind of looks like a video game cover. It looks like a movie trailer kind of cover. Yeah, it does. It looks like this kind of post-apocalyptic world. I love it. I, I think it's really cool. It and is. It, it's just kind of... It sets the atmosphere, and that's the thing. And kind of... It encompasses the tone of what the album was. And it kind of goes... You know, some kind of atmosphere to the album. There's some kind of atmosphere to the cover. And I think it, in terms of how it fits, that's what kind of got me. And that's why this is the uh, the album artwork of the year. Probably the most prestigious award you can get that in terms is. of all the awards. But, Nathan, that is our... That's our roundup. Uh, was there any... Like, you know, I'm just I'm just kind of thinking, was there any surprises there or any kind of crazy ones that you're kind of like, I would never expect them to be in this position, like going off last year? Or, or what are you thinking? 2017 is a wrap now. I, I would not have expected Polaris to have the album of the year. Like, I, I had really big expectations coming in, like for their first album. But like, honestly, I, I've just been waiting for them to like have a kind of drop off. Like, it, yeah. they've been so good, like so far that... I did not expect them to have the the quality of album that they released. So the Mortal Coil, like, that's a it's a really good album. Like Northlane dropping Mesmer, like uh, I I knew they were good, but like carrying on from Node, it's a step up. So like uh, yeah. like they're they're a lot more established now with Marcus. They know what kind of style. Like he's a lot more comfortable. If that makes sense. So like they know what they're doing. They know what they do well. So they they've actually gone back to like their their roots kind of thing. Especially with the drumming, because I thought Node's drumming wasn't as good, and yep. Mesmer was. Um, Local releases like statues, we knew they were good, but like they've, there's been a lot of like local bands this year that have surprised me. Cause like, to be honest, I fell out of the scene after we broke up as a band. So like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. probably went away for 12, 18 months without really paying any attention to music. Like, I, I did, I, I downloaded a few albums every now and then, but getting back and seeing bands like Deadlights and like Alpha Wolf coming on and like all these up and coming bands, it's really cool to see. And like, we're going to definitely take a, a keen eye on that in the next 12, 18 months for sure with this show. So it's a really good platform. We've done really well. I, I, I love it. I, that's, I think that's a perfect way of summing it up. Like this this show, not only kind of like, it gives us a new kind of perception on music because otherwise we wouldn't really pay too much attention to these local releases. Exactly. And now- Even like, half the bands that we do, oh, like the bigger bands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay attention to like, you know, say- a Converge or a, uh, well, a Code Orange or like yeah. a band like that, that wouldn't really be my scene. And now I'm listening to them. Exactly. And I'm kind like of like, Wage War. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that wouldn't be anywhere near. I wouldn't give a shit too much about making them suffer. I had, yeah, you know, exactly. I, thought, I thought I was obligated to review it. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, this is cool. And that, I think that sums it up. Like, yeah, this That's... is the, this is the perfect way of looking at it. And like, you know, if anybody has listened uh, so far, if they're still listening, you know, check out all these tracks. If you haven't heard any of them, except for the worst release and worst song, don't worry about them. Like we'll skip them over. Listen and laugh. <laughs> yeah. Listen and laugh. Like, you know, 
Or, or go against us. If you don't like what we're saying, you know, like me- message me. I don't care. Like, I love abuse. He does. <laughs> Bring he it on. Lives for it. But yeah, it's, it's half the fun here, Nathan. We will move on, but we do have a little bit more to go. Yes. Uh, I want to. Uh, I want to talk. Well, actually, you want to talk. Sorry, we've got this kind of. We've always been wanting to do this. We've been wanting to kind of start this little competition going up between two bands, kind of, it? kind of upper local bands we call yep. them, and uh, probably top tier local bands at the moment. Before the yep. Before we consider them big bands. And uh, in terms of what they do in Facebook likes, we, we rate a lot of bands on how much they've, how many likes they got on Facebook. Yeah, we do because we are in that era right now. Uh, but we're kind of going to put up put up two bands, Ocean Grove and Polaris. I want you to tell me what is their Facebook like counter because I know they're goddamn close right now. It is now. unbelievable right now. So like <laughs> this whole show kind of has been based around these two bands. So like we've argued for and against them. Polaris has come out now and won the album of the year or. Like and then you got Ocean Grove nominated for the worst song of the year, so like it's kind of when you when you look at it that way, it's kind of it's funny. But um, both bands growing and Polaris now up to thirty two thousand three hundred forty two likes, which that's gaining good ground. That's above bands like Hallians now. So Hallians, who we consider like they probably had the album, one of the albums of the year last year. Yeah, like they they've gone past them now. They're four and a half thousand in front, and Ocean Grove. 32,438. So there is literally 96 likes between the two bands. So Unreal. like next year, we're, we're going to like probably keep a running eye in total on those two to see where they're going. Because like Ocean Grove now are at a point where they've got to choose where they're going to go. So yeah. like they've got to choose whether they go back like we just talked about to the Black Label sound or they continue on this like different kind of what what do you call it shock it's called they call it odd world odd music. world so like, odd world like they are like they're, they're strange they like that it's a bit like midnight oil was like that in the 80s like you had them in excess was the normal band yeah it was a little bit different so like it's they've gone down that little bit of a route but yeah i, I think polaris is gonna go past it man like you, you look on the internet all the people talking about polaris yeah they're just gonna keep growing i think ocean grove are gonna be that well, you've, I've realised recently, like the, in terms of the uh, the light counter, it seems like Polaris are kind of growing, are growing a lot yeah. faster than Ocean Grove. If you had to make a prediction, yeah, we're only a couple of weeks away from 2018 starting. Yes. Then what is it? 96 likes, was it? 96 yeah. likes difference. Yep. Uh, who was going to have more likes by, the by, end of this by year? January first? I'd say Polaris. Like yep. we, you got to think like Mortal Coil came out November, so like Ocean Grove's likes aren't necessarily going to be going up like they're not i don't think they're playing live at the moment whereas polaris like they're they're still promoting their album like people are just picking that up still so i think they'll still have people do you think that uh, do you think that ocean grove polaris will ever do like a co-headlining tour together or do you think that they're going to be two bands who kind of stay separated from each other so we can just keep having this argument on who's better i think we should like <laughs> we should have like a beef war we should promote that between the two <laughs> bands <laughs> but i'm um, not nah, I think they had the opportunity with their, their EPs. They could have done like a co-EP headline thing because they both did separate headline tours with their EPs. Yeah. And like that's as similar as they're ever going to sound. Whereas now they've gone off two completely different kind of yeah. different thingies. So like on a unifor, they may play, might play back to back or a download. Like they might play after each other or before each other. But I don't think as a show together, they'll play. What do you think was the better get? Do you think it's better that Polaris playing Unify 2018? Or do you think that Ocean Grove playing Download 2018 is better? Considering the audiences that do come th- to these shows. Yeah, I, I think Download's massive for Ocean Grove. That's a really big thing. Because like, like Polaris played um, Unify last year, Nick. Yes. So like they've already done it. So as like a, a market, you got to think 7,500 people... They would have got 500 to 1,500 likes last year. So I don't know if they'll do that again. Whereas Ocean Grove, like they're playing on a bill with Profits of Rage, Limp Bizkit and Corn. 
So they're, they're, and they're also playing side shows with Limp Biscuit and the Mice and Men. Exactly. So like, there's a market there, and that's the market that they fit into now. They're, they're going into that old school '90s kind of sound, and that's the way that they're trying to bring that sound back. And I think if they're not, if they don't win five thousand fans over that week of playing those gigs, it wouldn't be a failure. But like, that's what I see from them over that thing. Whereas Polaris might get an extra five hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it's it's going to be really. It's tough. a great gig. It's a really tough one. So, did you say you want you thought Polaris will be uh, more likes by 2018? I'll go. Yes, with, I'll go with Ocean Grove. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say because there isn't too much of the year left, and I feel like over Christmas time people aren't necessarily. So 90, 90's a lot. You think? 90 no, it's not. It's not at all actually. Okay. To be fair, but I feel like just over Christmas time, not many people are going to be looking for those new bands. They're going to be too busy eating ham and eating ham and drinking beer. Pork so, crackle. Oh, pork crackle. Yeah, you can't beat it. Don't you get excited? Don't you get me excited about the pork crackle? But Nathan, we will move on. Yes, we've got a cut. We've got a few more things we've got to get through here. It's been such a big show so far. Huge show. Continue. Unpopular opinion is back. Nathan, the day that I forget, uh, the day that I don't have something to complain about, is the day that this show doesn't fucking happen as I will always say I will never have something not have something to complain about because there is always something that pisses me off that bands do it's true oh I got a, I got a big one no no it's not, it's not even a big one you know what I hate Nathan <laughs> you know what I hate Nathan what do you hate mate what do you hate I hate when I'm listening to bands or I'm watching a band live oh god I'm watching a band live and you know this band's playing along they're doing fine you know yep. they're kind of, I'm still not sure if I like them or not yep and then this random dude gets on stage and he starts doing guest vocals. Oh. So you're talking like local guys. I'm talking local bands. I, I hate it when local bands get these these people that are just random dudes. Ra- just a, mates. Just mates of the from, band. From a different local band or like just... No, nope, I'm just talking random just mates. random just mates of the band Jeez. who come up. I remember bands used to do this a bit. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but it still frustrates me. And I just don't know why it happens. I don't know why people... I don't know why a band would look at it and go, you know what? Uh, you know, Mitch, Mitch that works at McDonald's has always wanted to sing for a band. Oh, yeah. So we're going to give him the chance to play a fucking guestie. I don't dream. care what the fuck Mitch from McDonald's does. I don't want him to play as... I don't want him on a guest vocal for 30 seconds. That's not... I have no fucking issue. Poor Mitch. Look, I don't care about Mitch. Poor fella. Fuck Mitch. I don't care oh, about him. It's just strange to me because yes. the idea of a guest vocal... And I, I could even argue it if like actual local bands get other local band singers to come on because it's still kind of like... I want to see that band. Yes. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, when this happens sometimes the guest vocalist is better than the actual vocalist mm. so the rest of the set I'm just kind of like man I, I, where's Mitch from McDonald's I yeah. want to <laughs> bring him back yeah, I've changed my mind on Mitch he's alright bring back some Big Macs yeah bring Thank back you. bring Mitch and B's Big Macs back and he can do some more vocals but like sensational it's, it's very strange I just don't like when it happens I, I want to see you I, 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 yeah. if you have a guest spot on the song and it's actually a recorded guest spot I can give you a little bit of flack you, know, you, can, you can get away with it a little bit and like I saw it, there was, it happened a little bit in Invasion Fest that's yep. okay Invasion Invasion's different. Invasion's yep. kind of like the Soundwave, the Coachella, where like all these bands will combine together and like you know have a bunch of guest vocals. That's completely fine. That's a one-off year. So you're but, talking about a bang? Yeah, like, I just feel like at you know at bang at any local show really. Like I just don't. I find it really strange when p- bands will always just get you know, especially when you're like the first band on mm. or the second band on. Mm. I don't care about. I don't care about Mitch from McDonald's. I don't care about Poor Nick. Keaton from KFC. I don't care about Harry from Hungry Jacks, and I don't definitely don't care about Robert from fucking Red Rooster. You love Red Rooster. I do, don't I, take I, that. You back. know, I, I, Robert can come on. I don't mind. But like, it's Jeez. just it's a strange thing to me. And like, even when actual local bands get actual local singers on, yep. it's still just kind of like 
maybe once, like if you're the absolute headliner, and I've seen like a bunch of memes that are Facebook, uh, like Facebook memes, and like it's, it basically like kind of iterates my point. It's like if you're not the headliner, do not. I don't want to set up another mic just so your fucking mate can come on and yeah. do a vocal that nobody cares about. Like I want to see you. I want to see you. You're the ones who I'm trying, who are trying to impress me. I don't care about your mate, and it's just one of those things that frustrates me every time I see it. Uh, like even when main bands do it, you can do it once, maybe every now and then. I don't want you to do it four times a show. I know Alpha Wolf did it. Uh, when they played at Bang, like, they did like four guest vocals. And I really like right. Alpha Wolf, but I was just kind of like, it's just overkill. Like, I don't want to see them. I want to see you. Yeah. And like, and yeah, it was just kind of one of those things for me. Like, yeah, big bands are okay. Like, I'm talking big bands. Big bands are fine because that's kind of like a, a really cool moment. So when but Ollie pops up while she sleeps. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Who cares? But like, that's, th- that's that. the greatest moment of the year. That yeah, happens. But like, if, if fucking... What's another name? What's another fast food chain? If um Stephen from Subway comes on, oh jeez, I'm so I can go all day. Uh, Stephen from Subway comes on, I don't care. It doesn't bother me, and it just it, I don't know. Nath. What do you think about this? What about you- Paul from Pizza Hut, mate. Pe- <laughs> you selling Pizza Hut short, mate? Seriously, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had Pizza Hut. No, no, does it even exist anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I know. Oh, what about Nathan from Nando's? No, that's a good one. Nathan, you're from Nando's. That's yeah, you, exactly right. you work at Nando's. I was going to say Nick, but my nose dick. <laughs> anyway, what are your what are your thoughts? On, do you have the same kind of feeling here, or are you just nah, kind it's, of? It's a great call, mate. Uh, it's a, uh, very rarely on your own popular opinions do I agree. But nah, you've done well here because like, it does. It, it, it's a little bit of overkill because when you you go to see a local band, like not often you do, but if you're like if you go to a local battle of the bands and there's twenty people in the audience. And you've got just a random mate getting up to do it's screams. It's just like, guys, like, what are you, what are you doing? Kind it's, of thing. It's, it's just really like, awkward, isn't it? It's, un, it's unnecessary. That yeah. makes sense. So like, if you're an up and coming band, and like, say, like on an EP, you got a six track EP, you got a twenty second hook in a in a like a chorus. You get that bloke up to do the twenty second hook, and you're a headliner, like you say for the gig. Yep, different different case. That's but if fine. you're if you're playing first on the bill. No one really cares, as, as harsh as that sounds. So, like, leave it, like, just be, like, as hard as it is, sometimes less is more. Yeah, 100%. So, like, you don't need to overkill a gig to make it the best thing ever or the biggest thing ever when you're just good at what you do. So, if you're a, a four-piece hardcore band or a hardcore pop-punk band, do your thing. You know what I mean? If we're there watching you, just do your thing. Like, you don't need to overkill it. don't need to try too hard. Just do your stuff. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Like, you know, just kind of just do what you need to do. Impress me. You need to impress me. I don't want your mate to impress me. I well, no- Nick's not going to buy the mate's EP. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way of looking at it. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to buy your mate's EP. I'm not going to buy... Um, fuck, who's another name? Uh, Shirley from Schnitz. There we go. Schnitz. <laughs> Shirley from Schnitz. Good guess. Uh, I'm not going to buy her EP. I'm going to buy your I'm gonna buy your EP. But anyway, Nathan. That's unpo- Aaron from a porter. Aaron from Amity Affliction could fuck off if you ask me. <laughs> Nathan, unpopular opinion. Of course, that will be back next week. It'll be it back, will. It'll be back every week until I forget about something. Exciting. Nathan, you want to? I want you to do a continuation on what happened last week for those who didn't listen. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I've been up. I've had nightmares about this all week. I'm so excited to shut you down on every Absolute opportunity. Absolute night. Do you know how hard this is to do? Yeah. So last week I was debating, and we're kind of my unpopular oh. opinion last week was all about what we consider to be a class 
classic album. And I feel like, yo, we are at this stage in music where everybody considers any album to be classic. And we, I kind of nailed down the criteria. It was consistency. It was highest quality. It was how it ages. Do you still listen to it? It was, uh, what else was it, Nathan? There was a shitload to it. And it was a, it was a nice little criteria for song it. Song to song consistency. It was, oh. If it made a scene, like a change if it in made, the scene. Yeah, if it yeah. made an impact, which is a huge yeah. one. And yeah, it was a bit, it was a nice little criteria. And it, was, it had to be five years old as well. And so, Nathan, you've gone ahead. You thought this would be an easy task. You went, oh, yeah, I'll just go do that. There's no problem. How have you gone? I never said it'd be easy. <laughs> You're excited to do it, but So, what have you got for me, Nathan? I've been up late. <laughs> Nick, I, I'm talking, I, I've been working 12-hour days all week for Christmas. And I've been staying up till 2 and 3 in the morning over this fucking task. Tough. It's a tough task. Oh, jeez. All right. What have we got for me? Well, I'm going to start it off huge, guys, because last week Nick shut this album down. Yes. I'm starting with Homesick. <sighs> okay, do you want me to... I am starting with Homesick, and I you got to let me finish. you got to let me talk first. Sorry. Go on, give it to me. So the reason these guys are in Nick Brown, I actually think they've made an impact in the way they've changed the perception of pop punk. Okay. So like, I, I think this album actually put a different like spin on pop punk at the time. So like at, at the time, you had Simple Plan, Good Charlotte, Blink-182, Sum 41, that was pop punk. The Offspring. like That, that kind of sound was pop yep. punk. Whereas these blokes came in and they've completely dialed it up with breakdowns and heavy moments and cl- like screaming. And like for me, like for those who have Heart, which came out before it, has a couple of really good songs. Uh, as an album, it's really good as well. But I think Homesick put them on the map a little bit like more. And um, like on the, the actual, the cover of it says the heaviest pop album that you'll hear all year, which was corny as fuck. But it, it is, was, yeah, but, but I actually th- felt it had a little bit of currency behind it. So like, well, like as a kid, like when you're, you're growing up, like j- normally you go, like you progress through phases. So like you listen to what your old man listens to at the start. So like whatever your dad listens to, you, you kind of start listening to that. Then you progress, you go to the YouTube phase, you look at it like rock bands. And then from there, it takes you to a different movement. You might go to Slipknot, you might go to Linkin Park and you, all of a sudden you hear a scream. Yep. So Linkin Park for me were the band, the first band that screamed that like kind of got me into this heavier kind of scene. Yep. Whereas I think A Day to Remember is the perfect crossover band as well, Nick. So I think that has merit behind it. So I think they're one of those bands. But go. Okay. Um, Home Six One, I'm not going to argue with too much. It's one of the, again, all these albums are subjective. You know, some people will think that yes. certain albums are, are classics when I would think they're absolute trash, and that's completely fine. This album's are really good. It made a huge wave in the scene. It changed. Yes. It changed the game. I'll give it that. Over five years old, correct. Consistency, uh, highest quality, and consistency. That's where it kind of loses a little bit for me. Now, personally, I just kind of and I said last week the back album. I had listened to this album throughout the week, and. Uh, I just see. I just think with songs like you know, hold it down for the underground. You are what you are. You know, you already know what you are. And another song about the weekend. Just towards the end, it tails off a little bit to me. And like, you yeah. know, the front half is a bit too. It's, it's very heavy. Like, you know, very kind of top heavy in that sense. And and the other thing is, and I think you might, you'll probably say yes to this one. But when was the last time you listened to this album in full besides this week? Oh, literally probably two months ago. Okay, that's so right, like yeah. recently. That's, that's I love this. Front, I love this album. Front to back. I watch the DVD, then I listen to the album. Okay, that's fair. I'm just, I'm just, I'll ask that with every every uh, that, every album. As corny as it is, Data Remember have always been my summer band. Really? That's like, interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. I bought the. I remember buying Homesick. It was summertime. I bought the DVD. It came with the DVD. I watched that. I watched that, and I just get into like the hot mode of Australia. Yeah. So like, I, I watched that. I think it was actually might not have even been two months ago. It might have been. What are, what are we now? December might have been early November, so it might have been six to eight weeks ago. But um, 
ask. I, I always listen to, to that album coming into summer. That's just what right. it is. Right. I watch Bam Margera's Where the Fuck Is Santa. I listen to Homesick. There's the, there's, <laughs> the two, there's the two things. There's a movie to watch for Christmas, guys. Trust me. But um, what number two, I've got Horizons by Parkway. So they're obviously, okay. they're coming out with Unify next year. They're doing a tour for that. Like it's As I've written here, it's popularized heavy, popularized heavy music, I think, in Australia. Like to see an Aussie band put out an album like this, I reckon it's given great confidence to a lot of other bands in Australia to be like, all right, well, if these guys are going over to Europe, they're packing out festivals, they're packing out all these things, we can do it kind of thing. So like they were the first real big, big, big metal band in Australia, if that makes sense. And this yeah. album, so like you got Boneyards, you got Carry On, you got Idols and Anchors. So like there's three just fucking huge songs. And like as an Australian heavy band, like I could have put Amity for Young Bloods in there, but I don't consider that a classic. Whereas I think this is definitely a classic in the scene. I have just quickly off that one, highest quality. I think I think that's correct. Consistency is the only one. I, I don't know if it's front to back consistent. I don't know. I think there's a couple of tracks in there that are a bit average. Okay. I don't know about yeah. you. Uh, uh, five years old, just of course. Do you still listen to it, Nathan? Do you- As an album on Spotify, I listen to about the first eight songs and then I'll probably go to a playlist. So uh, it's, it's one of those albums that like... Tapers off a little bit, or tapers off a little bit, but I still think as a full album, like for an Australian band, I reckon that's the best. And again, I think you've named two of the albums that probably made maybe the biggest waves in the scene. That what you, I don't know what you've got next, but you know, I think those two probably have made the biggest waves. So like those, you know, that made such a big impact back in the day. I think the next one's bigger. All right, give it to me. I got Sepaternal. Ah, Sepaternal. Okay, perfect. Uh, Do you need to say much about this one, or? All I'll say is it's the hybrid theory of the modern generation of Ooh, music. I like it. Uh, so uh, that, that's what I've got for it. Yeah, uh, this this is a bona fide classic. I I said this last week. This is this is an album that even though it's only four years old and that kind of goes against my criteria, it's about three weeks away from being or two weeks away, two weeks away from being uh, five years old, which will kind of meet it. Uh, how many bands do you hear that want to sound like? Uh, Bring me now, you know. Hands like house has recently released a new al- a song, and it sounds exactly like fucking Bring Me. <laughs> like yeah. I was telling you that on their last album, yeah, they had songs like that, yeah, and like so many bands right now, you just kind of go, that sounds like a bit of a Bring Me influence, and like there's nothing wrong with that, but it just shows that the, how much influence a band like Bring Me have because so many bands would be looking at them and going, you know what, we can actually do that if we if we put our minds to it or we go down that route. Uh, front to back, this is a pretty stellar album. Um, I really love, you know, even like uh, you know, not going with their actual popular tracks. I love Snake start to sing I reckon that's just one of those really great tracks to me uh, Empire was always one of my favourite Tower of Bulls was probably my favourite song of that year that was just one of like that breakdown and that's probably one of the best breakdowns of all time for me at least and I know a lot of people might say other things but you know, I just don't like chugging breakdowns as much and uh, yeah I, I completely agree that's a classic well you got Antivis and Shadow Moses and Sleepwalking as well so there's like yeah. eight tracks that you've rammed off and named just then like that are really really big like they're, yeah. they're all huge songs so like they are, like, they're the modern version of Linkin Park. Can You Feel the Heart, Go to Hell for Heaven's Sake. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. Huge the, albums, they're, they're the modern version of Linkin Park. Yeah. As, as, like, yep, I, I, agree. I, I go back to Linkin Park, like, becoming popular and, like, being heavy, and these guys have copied that route. Like, Linkin Park's first two albums were, like, like so much heavier than the rest of their stuff. Yeah. And Bring Me started the same way. They were really heavy at the start, and they've progressed to this phase now where they're massively popular on both rock stations and in this scene. So they've, they've, they've found that currency between the two. And I reckon they've, uh, their next album, dude, like that is going to be massive. Like, when, when it, uh, that might be next year. Like they might yeah, release should, an album next year. It like, should be next year. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, and they said, like Ollie's come out in an interview saying that's going to be uh, a cross between this. That's the spirit and some paternal. So if they can find a fucking happy medium there, I'll be, I'll be listening to it. Yeah. That, that'll, <laughs> that'll be the biggest band in the world. What's, what else do you got? I've got two albums from let live. Okay. Yes. I've got Fake History first and The Black is Beautiful. And the reasoning behind this, 
Okay. So w- what I've said in this like current like heavy genre, it's very hard for bands to back up a classic or a really good album. So like there are very few bands that hit the heights that they did on their previous album. So Homesick was followed up by What Separates Me From You. Is that right? Uh, you yes, yeah, I think so. Yeah, decent album, but not to the heights. No, nah, no, no, any. I think that's actually a pretty poor album, personally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, uh, like this, like these two songs, like I go back to Hybrid Theory, Meteora. This is this generation's version, I think. Like the the two, these two albums were that good and that like just different that they they just they can't not be mentioned. Like I, I think Fake History, especially. Like uh, yeah, that was just fucking. Phenomenal. Like you listen to Renegade eighty six, the six 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 point eight billion, whatever the fuck you say that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, mate. Mother, like, uh, mate, that album, Ledger, Casino Columbus, <laughs> yes. like, there's just homeless jazz. Like, it, even even their bonus tracks, Hollywood, and she did is one of my favorite tracks off the album. It was yeah. a bonus track when they released it on uh, Interscope Records or one of the, one of the records. Sorry, Epitaph. And, and then you move to Black is Beautiful with Banshee. Yes. You got <laughs> that fear fever younger. You got bloody um twenty seven club Fer- pheromone revolt. Com- yes, like uh, these like those two albums are just really just the, the the actual like the impact they've had. I think is more so in the live scene. So like his energy live, like Dylan drew a crazy life. Yep, and I think he took Jason Butler took a bit of influence from them. Yes, but he's progressed it to being like in, in a different kind of. Genre, different kind of style. So, like, Dillinger, very in-your-face, fucking mathcore, crazy, like, violent, just ridiculous. Whereas these guys have the ability to go out with Mother, like a kind of, like, not an acoustic song, but a soft ballad. Yep. And then they can come out with fucking bloody Renegade 86, the song later, and just light you up. Yeah, exactly. Like, they got that ability to go between the two. Yeah, uh, these two albums are phenomenal. Like, it's very hard. It's very hard to disagree with that. I, I absolutely love... Let Live in general. Yeah. You know, um, Black's Beautiful was just that album I remember seeing for the first time when they um, Deftones, supported, yeah, supported Deftones. And they were about two or three months before the Black's Beautiful came out and they played, yep. they played Banshee and they teased 27 Club, what was later to be 27 Club. And Jeez. I was just like, after that show, I remember he jumped into the crowd and he got one of the, because he had, like, there was a little bit of a fan base for him, probably about 20 kids. And he got one of the kids to go up and the kids sung one of the songs because he was Shit. like, yeah, just kind of gave him the opportunity to sing the song, which was really cool. And I just remember going, I remember leaving that going like, and that's one of my favorite shows. Imagine if you ever. got to do that. Yeah, well, fuck, that would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I remember leaving that show because Deftones, well, that's one of the best shows I've ever been to, like in terms of Deftones, how good they were. And I remember, but I also remember leaving going like, I need to buy this new album. I had to, and like, you know, and you did, and I did bought it, and it was just like, you know, and that's before they kind of completely mm. catapulted, like, you know, like once that album dropped, that's when Let Live, like all the live videos started coming yeah. out, and everybody started going, "Fuck me, how cool, like, how crazy is this?" Jason a lot of copycats guy? from yeah. a lot of copycats. But what else you got, Nave? Uh, I've got Ghost Inside. Get what you give. Oh, okay, twenty twelve. That's an interesting one. Uh, all, actually, the the reasoning behind this with what's happened, I, I think looking back, like, dear youth, I love that album. Yep. Good album. But um, Get What You Give is a better album, Nick. So, okay. like, from, from front to back, I think this is their best album. Okay. It's got my favourite song. It's got Dark Horse. Great you got, song. you got Engine 45. Yes. Like, there's two absolute rip snorters. Like, they'd be songs of the year. Like, great if they were released this year. Great Unknown. Great Unknown. That's what I mean. Another one. This like, is what I know about Sacrifice. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, Outlive. Mate, just settle down, right? Just settle down. But, um, I'll get the track list out to get the rest. But but like these guys were the perfect hardcore band. They were fucking heavy. Their guitars were heavy. The singer, like the, the just everything about them as a band, like they were just hitting their heights. Like with and then 
obviously the accident with what's happened, like it's it's tragic. And I think people will look back on this album actually as a classic because it kind of, like you look at Engine 45, it's significantly got more views on YouTube than any other song by them. Yeah. Like it, it's out in front. So like this album really, really like put them on the map kind of thing. Like they were established, but this took them to a new level. I, I have a good. I always credit with Ghost Inside being kind of like the first uh, kind of hardcore metalcore beatdown kind beat of band that I've, that's what I've got song that I ever really liked, uh, which was Outlive. And I remember for some reason, Outlive is huge. I remember I was with you actually, yes. and I, I was just kind of on my phone and this back even back then shit. We had we had iPhones and that. That's crazy. Shows how far technology's Jeez, come. Man. But uh, and I was just kind of like listening to Outlive, and I was just like, this is a really cool song. That night, I think, I bought tickets to the Amity Affliction off their Chasing Ghosts, and it was Ghost Inside off Get What You Give, Architects off Daybreaker, and Buried of Verona off. Who cares? Because that, yeah. that was shit back then. I actually quite like Buried of Verona and their latest stuff. And uh, yeah, that was the first song that really got me. That was the reason why I bought a ticket, because of Ghost Inside. And you know, they came out, and they were unbelievable. They opened up with This Is What I Know About Sacrifice. Wow. And, and then went into Outlive, and they finished with Engine 45, and it was just like the perfect set list for a band like that. And uh, yeah, and th- that's when I kind of really got into Architects as well, because Architects blew everybody out the water. They were just so fucking good that day. Like that was just like they were beyond anything. Like I've yeah. never I've never heard a better sound. That was at the Palace Theatre back when before oh, that got don't, torn don't down. Don't talk to me about that. That was the best place yeah. in Melbourne. And like the sound was always so fucking good. And it was just like it was very disappointing. Why the fuck would they got rid of that? That was just oh. yeah. It's a very like it's upsetting. Like a lot of kids will never know what it was like to be exactly. that place. And it was just such a perfect venue. Billy Talent, Sum Forty One. Oh. 2014, what a show. But see the offspring there, you bastard. Yeah, offspring there. Like that was yeah. But I, yes, moving on what from else them. You got? I've got Architects Lost Together, Lost Forever 2014. Ooh, I might have to you're disagree gonna, with you're this. You're gonna one. go that I, with- I'm probably gonna disagree with get what you give as well, but I I don't know about this one. First of all, it's only three years old. Is that because of Daybreak? Like coming before it? You reckon that should have been the one? No, not necessarily. I just think I just don't think this, like, yo, this made an impact. I do. I, it made an impact, kind of, but it didn't make as much as what I think. I think more people are more, and like, I know people might be like, oh, they're different bands, but like, I think more people are more influenced by Northlane than they are Architects, especially okay. in the Australian scene. Like, so many bands, and uh, I'll, I'll name off a couple that uh, Moshpit Coordinator and myself have kind of been thinking about recently a bit later but i don't know i feel like front to back this kind of it dies off a little bit it has some unbelievable i remember the first time i listened to grave digger i shat myself i actually shat myself <laughs> and wow. it was and it was a beautiful song it was one of the best songs of all time and i but i think as the album went on it kind of lost a bit of its impact towards the end and then you know the last few tracks i was kind of like, eh, like you know they kind of give and take and uh yeah, i love this album it's a, it's a fantastic album mm. oh, for sure but like again there is a difference to me at least there's a difference between a fantastic album and a classic there's like you know a lot of albums are fantastic but they just i just don't rate them as classics so you're like when you think about this so like this year we've given polaris the album of the year yes so like this was perceived as the absolute ultimate album of 2014 yes. when it came out yeah yeah so like you're saying like in five years, three or four or five years, we look back on Polaris, we look back on Mesmer. Yep. We look back on Buddy Um Heaven Upside Down. You're not you anymore. Yep. Do you reckon we'll be calling them classics? Uh, you can't say it's so it's so impossible to say because music ages differently, yeah. and and it also depends on what the band does. Like you know, a year's time, counter counterparts might break up, and yeah. it's just kind of like you know, people forget, and yeah. nobody cares about yeah. them. Or, or certain bands might go to shit, and they might turn really average, and then people just kind of forget about their old stuff anyway. It's all about like 
music aging is such a huge portion of this. Like, I've how many how many bands have like yo we listened to it and we thought it was fantastic and now we listen to it now and we're kind of like yeah like this is pretty fucking shit, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know, like but we're okay to admit it. Like, yeah, sorry, it's fine to admit that it was something that you used to listen to is shit now, but you you still have that nostalgic feel to it. But there's a difference between nostalgia and something that is actually like timeless. You know what I mean? Like, I, I brought up Limp Biscuit last week. I think they're the perfect example. When Limp- shut up by Simple Plan. Oh, that's- one of the greatest songs of all time, Nick. But anyway, Limp Bizkit is yeah. one of those bands that are like, at the time, everybody, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is the best thing ever. If you look back at Limp Bizkit now, I could never call it, even though I'm a fan of them, I could yep. never call one of their albums classic because they've, yeah. they've aged like shit. Yeah. Like, they've aged like absolute and shit. And they are so hated And I, it's so, like, to predict something five years in the future is just impossible to me. Yeah, no, that's a great call. But, um, you know, I think back, so like, all our gods have abandoned us. That's the new album, yeah? Yes. And then you got Daybreak before Daybreak, it. And like you said last week, it's hard to distinguish a lot between the three. They're all fantastic albums. Whereas I like personally for me, this was the this is their best album. Okay, but yep. like it's subjective to opinion. So like the next the next band, like you you this is your band, Nick. Okay. So I've gone out of Shikari Flash Flight of Color. Yes. Color, sorry. Twenty twelve. Yes. So oh, I'm looking at the um I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got it in my hand. So this is Nick's favorite Shikari album, yes? Yes, yeah, best Shikari album by far. So this was the album of the year of 2012. Yeah. Pretty much everyone. So like, <laughs> what I've written here, System Meltdown. <laughs> System Meltdown. <yeah>. Wow. <laughs> so like, they were really smart how they promoted this album. So doing the research, they tried to get this to be the number one album in Britain at okay, the time. Yep. And they got it to four. So like, at the time, like... That was unheard of for a heavy band. So uh, the comment or the, the statement here, so Rue recorded a statement for alternative music. So saying it was a big like impact. Yep. So later on, actually it might've been before that Rage had their song go to number one for Christmas time, was it? And they did that. Yeah, that was 2012. I think that was. Or 20, or 29. Uh, 2009, I think they yeah. did it. 2008, I think was when they did the Christmas. My bad. Christmas. Yeah. So this is 2012. So they, they've done something so like they, similar. They probably catered off that. They kind Yeah. Of, they, so they, they've seen Rage go out and do that and like, they've tried to promote their album. They did really, really well. But um, That'd be a great flashback actually. That. Yeah. Well, that, mo- that moment, that Christmas, like how crazy that was back then. Man, that's, that's one for down the track. There you go. <laughs> I might, I might do an unpopular. You might do a, a flashback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not we swap, we swap might swap it around. for that. But um, so like you look at this album. There's that many different elements from music on it. You got hardcore elements. You got rap elements. You got punk elements. You got alternative rock elements. You got fucking pop. Like that album as like a whole thing. Like you got fucking DJ parts. Like the moments there in that album are just really, really good and so diverse that like looking back on the album, you got songs like Snake Pit, Constellation. So like there's just two. Like, I think Constellations I, I, is my favourite Shikari song. I, 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 I was obsessed with that song this year. I've written two standout tracks for all these albums that I got as classics, yep. and they, they were the two for me. So like, And that's not even about, like, Gandhi Make Gandhi is, like, one of the most bizarre tracks you'll ever listen to in your life. You'll never, you'll never, like, I, every time I show somebody new this, they just kind of go, what the fuck is this? But it's yeah. so goddamn good that you yeah. can't help it. Uh, Arguing with Thermometers is unbelievable. Uh, Search Party is one of my favourite songs as well. It's, such, it's got more of a pop feel, such a big chorus to it. Yeah, that was the... That was- uh, the pop if any if any band yeah. wants to know of how you actually go about it, like an opening in an album, System Meltdown is how you do it. If you want an intro track, that, that's how you fucking do it. Because you can't listen to Meltdown without System. So that's the perfect <laughs> way of looking so at it, isn't it? Like, dude, no one's just going to chuck Meltdown on. I'll <laughs> never forget when you showed me that at band practice. I'll never never forget just shitting my pants when, the, <laughs> when that part came in. I was just like, what the hell? But um, so that, for me, I, I think albums that can... What potentially become classics? You got like obviously 
low teens from last year. I yes. think that, that, that's definitely one that could end up there. Disgusting like we raised last week. Yep. Is definitely one that can go in there. I think Neck Deep's Life Not Out Nice Not Out to Get You, produced by Jeremy, is yep. the pop punk album of the last five years okay. for me. So I think potentially that can go into that like classic realm. It depends where Neck Deep goes as a band. Like their album this year was pretty good, but yep. um that album was far like surpassing that. I think Frank Carter's first album with the Rattlesnakes Blossom, like yeah, you it's say. Yeah, a huge it's, album. I think like depending what route that bloke goes, like he's been in rehab recently. They're coming out to Australia with fucking um Canadian man, what are they fucking? Oh, cancer bats. Yeah, cancer bats. So uh, that's going to be. We're definitely going to go to that. That'll be a great show to review. But um, yep. I also had Modern Ruin in like uh, as a great album this year. But like you say, Blossom's probably perceived by fans and critics alike that it's a, it's a better album. So yep. there's albums you can look back. Like we we might even look back in a couple of years and say yeah, they're classics. But um, my flashback, Nick, is actually going to be oh. albums that have influenced modern okay. heavy music. Nathan, I got I got I got. Oh, sorry, go. I got to round some off from Moshpit Coordinator himself. Okay, yeah, go. Uh, so I, I just kind of asked him. He kind of I wanted to see what his kind of thoughts on it because he's a millennial, so who gives a shit what he says for modern classics? Uh, yeah, for modern okay, classics. Yep. So he said, "Killing with a smile." Uh, wrong. Sorry, Moshpit. <laughs> I kind of just do this for the hell of it. He said Meteora by uh, by Linkin Park, perfect. Yeah, I had perfect. that, but you fucking made me like go back and make him. It's more too old. Recent. It's too old school. Yeah, yeah. I, he, I just asked him what he thought. Okay, classes, yeah. but you know that's a bit too old school for us. And we we know Meteora. Yes, classic. yes, of it's, course, it's yeah. one of those ones. It's yeah. tested. Like you put refused shape of punk to come. Nick, don't ruin my flashback. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you put uh, Collide with the Sky by Peace the Veil, which was an interesting one. A um, bit odd to me because he's like... Well, uh, Mike Fuentes has left that band. Have you, you seen that with the sexual allegations? There you the go. Way? I didn't know that. No. So that, that's news to everyone out there. So he's been accused of stuff and he's left the band. Jesus. Uh, Attack, Attack, he said. I think he said a Sleeping with Siren song and a Suicide Silence uh, album. Sorry, as well. The Cleansing. That's all right. So kind of like old school ones. Uh, one that I want to put to you, Nate. I thought you might have put this up. Uh, it will turn five years next year. Uh, Northlane Singularity. Yeah, mainly mainly because the influence that this has had, the amount. This is what I like. This is what kind of started what I called the bendcore movement. I called bend. I called Northline bendcore back in Singularity days because they were just kind of like all their breakdown was just kind of them bending a fret, and and it was like like it's fantastic. But the amount of local bands that fucking rip this shit off is ridiculous. Like the Northline. This is why I say Northline probably has more of an influence in the Australian local scene than Architects because everybody wanted to be Northline back then. Mm. Every single band. And you still Heavy hear bands. You still see. Just, yeah. And like, I thought that that could be on there. I don't, I'm not necessarily like yeah, a massive Northland fan for that. That's not my favorite Northland album, personally. I like No to Mesmer more, but I'm more of a Marcus fan than Adrian. That's just me, personally. That's true. You've, I actually think, well, I remember back in the day, you weren't the biggest Northland fan at all. And I think No, since, I wasn't, no. I think since Marcus has come in, you've actually found a newfound love for them. Like I have, you, yeah. Like, he's the perfect vocalist. He sings, he screams well. He's probably a better front man. Like, Adrian's lyrics, like, everyone cracked on about his lyrics being now, like, deep and how good they were, but, like... Yeah. Marcus is a lyricist. Like, I'm pretty sure the band, as an alternative, all they all do it. They, they all, all write, write it together. So, like, Northlane had just showed how good they are as a band. And, like, yeah. So, Adrian yeah. sounded like he was on just a fucking acid trip all the time. He just, <laughs> I, I don't know why people think yeah, he was a good lyricist. I think he was just somebody who was you know, coming down from an MDMA troop and oh, he just kind of started writing some shit down. Oh, anyway, Nathan, onto your flashback, your throwback. What, uh, why do they call it flashback? It's called throwback, usually. Yeah, throwbacks. <laughs> but um, I'm actually going to I'm gonna give Mosh Pit Coordinator a quick shout out here because. Oh, no. Oh, no, don't do this. I've done some research during the week, Moshpit Coordinator, and I, I, I'm all about you, mate. I, I, I'm in your corner. Oh, and, no. um, Fuck's sake. We've done a couple of unpopular opinions, and um, Nick is <laughs> absolutely berated. And I mean berated crowd surface. Yeah. Absolutely torn shit out of them. So yep. 
anyone listening, particularly Moshpit coordinator, I, 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 someone on a photo from um, it was a it was a gig in. I think it was 14, 2014 or 2015, I'll say. And um, yep. at the Mechanics Hall in Frankston. And um, Great our, our old Franny Brown from Franny Brown, fucking whatever Frown Town that he calls it. He's, um, <laughs> I know. he's on his back like a god, the Messiah, with arms out on top of about 13 people. Crowd surfing. <laughs> Go on his Facebook right now, Nick Brown. Search it up. He's got a fucking photo. What's your photo? It's me. It's five of us from Richmond Colours. You will know who the man is. You've got to go to about nine photos in all his profile pictures. Nine <laughs> photos in and you will see it. It's a great photo. It is classic. So, like, <laughs> I, I, just, I had to say it. I, I had to bring it out. But, like, Nick Nick has aged since then considerably. No, no I, I defend it. I'll defend it. I'll, I'll defend it to the day I die. No, there is, a, there is a difference between a crowd surfer and a stage yeah, and, and, a, and a singer fair. stage diving. Fair, that's, that's, that, fair. that's my only defense. I can put because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm running on borrowed time at the moment now. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I don't know. Is there a difference? Do you do you think there's a difference between a singer? Yeah, yeah you're right. There is. Like if you had like we had Corey Taylor come out into the crowd at fucking Eddie had, no at Rod Laver with Buddy Evanescence that night, and we're like, oh, well, Linker Parker, man. Linker, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, sorry, so Sarah and them, and um, I remember touching his forearm. I'm like, fuck, he's got a thick forearm, <laughs> thick neck, thick too. neck God, as well. Which is like, wow. Yeah. But like you say, you do you get a rush. You're the singer, like well, like you were, like obviously being the front man, like when the singer jumps out like that's sick like that's amazing you know, but like next week I'm still I- fucking claiming his crowd stuff I don't care ne- next week's I'm popular opinion is local bands who crowd who say <laughs> Jesus Christ because it's such a wank it's such a wanker move now that I look back at it but still I, I, oh it's classic the photo is beautiful I, I do I, I, I do it. it for the photo it's a cracking photo mate but I'm um, going back to the flashback the flashback of the week so Nick challenged me to go back in time and search for classics. So I've actually, like, I went back, I've I, I researched about 30 different fucking albums for this. And um, going back a little bit further, I've got albums that have influenced modern heavy, so, like heavy music. And so starting out, Nick, I've, um, we've gone, I've gone Slipknot, Iowa, which was released in 01. And I like, it's considered still the best, the best metal album of the 2000s. Yeah. So like, like critically acclaimed, They've influenced almost every heavy band this century so far, I think. So, like, in, in some way or fo- like shape or form. Yep. Like, Corey Taylor is probably the voice of our generation. But I think Ollie Sykes is ready to become the next one. Yep. So, like, as Corey Taylor kind of fades into, like, like the like the future, like, like Slipknot's coming to its end. Clown's come out and said that the next album's probably going to be his last. Stone Sour's album they I released f- this year was probably, like... I it- find it funny that Clown's going to leave considering he does fuck all in the band. Oh, of he course, just, He yeah. just hits fucking trash cans with no, a baseball but like, bat. He's, like, the, the, the manager. Yeah, he's the, the reason why yeah. he started up. Yeah. yeah, so, like, whether they continue on, which they probably will, it doesn't really matter if the Clown's there or not. I, I think, like, it's hard. Like, the, the Grey Chapters was a really good release, but where do they go from there? Like, they've, that was a tribute to Paul Grey kind of thing. Their impact, like, they've already had their impact in music. What more do they have to prove? Like Corey Taylor came out with the Stone Sour album this year, and I'm surprised we actually didn't have that in the <laughs> yeah well, in the, the the kind of worst releases because that was a really ooh, disappointing album. Okay. And like my dad, I, I remember listening in the car one day. Um, I played the first track on the album, and I pissed myself. I texted you. I pissed myself because he thought it was fucking Steel Panther playing. <laughs> so that well done to Stone Sour there. But um, Iowa, massive album, dude, and like um couple of songs so like well my play you got disaster piece there's two there that were just really really big impacts and um people equal shit yeah people equal shit Heri- heretic anthem heretic anthem's huge bloody there you go again skin ticket shape there's a lot of good songs on um there. 
but then from there, I, I think the album. Well, it's a. I've actually got four more albums to talk about, but Killswitch, okay. Alive or Just Breathing, O2. Great song, great album. So great. this is the defining moment. A lot of people say in metalcore and like modern metal. So like, it changed the ball game, kickstarted the whole metalcore movement. Like it combined clean singing and screaming, like with the metal riffs, the breakdowns, and like they were just very, very unique. But they cleansed it and they found the fucking perfect formula. And like that album, dude, like that's still like everyone talks about that album. Like anyone that is a metalcore band can thank Killswitch and In yeah. Flames to a certain degree as well. Like they were the true kind of band. So like in Europe was In Flames and Killswitch for like states, yeah, the states and over in here in Australia. Well, it's like when they uh, when they were going to play Soundway 2015, yes. 16, 16, Sorry, before it got cancelled, they were originally going to play a live with just briefing. Imagine before. that. That would have been that. That was the plan for it. Well, listen to like I was. If you want to, like, we, we we can play one of their songs later. But like, my last serenade, fixation of the darkness, like, fucking classic songs. But then they they, the thing with them is they transition from that to like getting a new singer with Howard and coming out with the end of heartache and not missing a beat. So like yeah, that that like I challenge anyone out there go listen to a bullet for my Valentine album. I listen to the poison, which I consider. I was actually going to put that in the modern classics realm, but like yeah. coming out in 05, it was a little bit old. But um. Listen to the poison, dude, and imagine Killswitch playing. Yeah, yeah. And the fucking, like, it, it's literally the spitting image, but they've influenced countless bands. Then you, you move to obviously Linkin Park with Hybrid Theory and Meteora. Like, it's pretty obvious. Anyone, like, in our generation have or they've had both of these albums. Like, it um, yeah. doesn't matter who you are. Like, you, you know Numb, you know In the End, you know One Step Closer, you know all these classic songs, like, Somewhere I Belong. These guys were just like scary good, and like now with Chester passing, people are going back and listening to these albums and appreciating how good they were. And like, as I said with the Data Member argument before, like this was the, this is the first band I remember Nick like listening to bloody Minister Midnight, like giving up the screaming part. Like yeah. I remember listening with the family around, I was scared. I'm like, fuck, it's screaming. Like, yeah, because screaming was such a big deal back in the day. Yeah, like exactly. it, it wasn't considered. That, it's one of the biggest screams. That was 17 seconds, yeah. I think. For I remember you, you, you've tried doing this in the past. No. I don't know if you've done it yet. My dad can do it. I don't know yeah, how. Yeah, he, I, used to, he used to be able to do it. Yeah, I don't he's know how. Fucking, <laughs> he's a freak. But um, well, that, 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 like you don't even have to argue it. Those two are classics. Then I, I I've got a, a a different one here with. Refuse Shape of Punk to become Nick. Yes. So I, I think for bands like Dillinger and Every Time I Die, like you could just tell the influence these blokes while she sleeps. While she sleeps, huge vibes from these. And to Shikari with the she, with, with the early like electronics that they were putting in that kind exactly, of music like, back then, like it was unheard of. And that's the thing. Like you look, I, I look at this album sales wise. It sold. I think it's one hundred fifty thousand in the US. Yeah. Which is just so criminally underrated. Yeah. Like this album. Well, it still gets rela- it still gets rated one of the best punk albums of all time. Even well, though like- it's one of those crossover ones that can like appeal <laughs> to like hardcore metalcore kids. Like I still listen to this album consistently. Well, because- I know you, you showed me this album, and like it's actually it was voted the thirteenth most influential album by Kerrang. Like of ever, all time, of all time. So like that's a fucking huge stat. What was the number one? Do you know, do you remember? Could not tell you the number one. <laughs> this was thirteen. I didn't care about the fucking number probably one. Static, static revenue. Probably a Beatles. Been. Probably a classic Beatles album. One of those fucking <laughs> yeah. shit. But um. I am going to say one more. I wasn't going to, but I think Fallen by Evanescence. And like, okay. I, I think for female fronted vocals, like I, I think when she popped up, Amy Lee, like being fronting a metal band, like it, it was kind of like, it was unique. It was different. Like I, I think like she's given confidence to the female kind of generation, like Killing Heidi to an extent as well, an Australian band. They had a song on the Spider-Man thing before Paramore popped up. And yeah. like now you got Paramore, Tonight Alive have done really, really good things. So I, I think Evanescence deserve a lot of credit for what they did as well. What was the album Paramore did uh, with their big one? It was called Riot, wasn't it? Do you, would you consider Riot a classic? 
Go close, yeah. Yeah, like I just say, like, there's so many good. There's so many good. Uh, like your know, female fronted is. I guess there is harder. It's harder to pick from. But yeah, fallen for sure, man. What's like, what song do you want to go out with, Nate? If you had to pick one, like you know, we've got so many. You've you've named off so many. Did you want to go over Kill Switch one? Yeah, we'll go definitely. Go um either Fixation or go My Last Serenade. I reckon. Okay, we'll go with Kill Switch Engage. This is from 2002, which yeah, makes me seem fucking old. Yeah. But at the same time, it shows how how well this uh, album has aged because, you know, again, this, that's such a huge portion, isn't it? It's 15 years old now and it's still aged incredibly well. Mm. You can hear the influences. This is Kill Switch Engage, My Last Serenade.
My Last Serenade wow. by Killswitch. Big song, Nathan. Big song. But uh, feels like feels like we've accomplished something today, Nathan. <laughs> Big show. 2017 awards have been done. Obviously, we've, ha- we've announced our winners already. Please, again, well, I'll say it one more time. If you are a fan of this type of music, go give all these nominations a, a listen. Even the worst releasing songs, you might think differently to us, and that's half the fun about music. You exactly. Know, that's you know uh, the best thing about music. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. You know, this is a big deal to us. Yeah, you know, this is a lot of fun. I, I've loved this show, especially like you know, kind of the work that you, we've actually had to go through, especially this one, because you know we've had to listen to so much music and uh, kind of narrow everything down. They've been, it's been a lot of fun. I've loved every second of it. Been great. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Backbone Sunday Sessions. 2017 awards have been done next week or the week after, depending. We've got Christmas time coming up. We're going to talk about all our favorite Christmas carols. Probably not, Nathan, but we're going to do our 2018 predictions. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>